All right, so we are live, episode number 203, at the new set, which, by the way, if you can see, I don't know if we can show the other side, Eric, or not. We can fit 300 people here, and very soon, when we cross 500,000 subs, we'll be doing a live podcast here. Drinks, maybe cigars, maybe alcohol, maybe conversations, a lot of different funny things I will be doing here, so stay tuned for that. But with that being said, today's a special podcast, especially after what happened yesterday, with uh, the midterms, the uh, I don't know if we can call it a red wave. I no. think it can be called a red, a red sprinkle, a red teardrop. We'll talk about that here in a minute. A lot yeah, of things happen. We got Adam in the house. We got Ricky Aguilar in the house. We got Tom Ellsworth in the house. And we got former Governor Rod Blagojevich in the house as well to tell us what really happened with uh, last night. Blago. Some stories we got. Let An me tell you some stories for us to know before we get into it. So DeSantis dominated. Rubio dominated. Lake uh, 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 Kerry Lake with what was going on in Arizona. Apparently, it's still going on right yeah, now. Still going, yeah. People are still oh, yeah, going out there. Cool. She moved overnight. everybody from Maricopa to Phoenix because she said the machines in Phoenix are working. The machines in other counties weren't working. Liberal county machines are working. Maybe we'll talk about that. So that's still taking place. Musk sold $4 billion of stocks uh, of Tesla yesterday. Uh, FTX, if you were following the story just a month ago, they were raising a billion dollars at a valuation of $32 billion just a month ago. Hmm. They were forced to sell yesterday for $1 billion. Wow. The uh, owner lost 94% of his net worth in 24 hours. Okay? Wow. From 32, and by the way, you know what kind of investors were involved in FTX? We'll talk about that. Tom knows some of the guys. One of the guys had seven Super Bowl championships. Did you say, did you say 94%? 94% equity lost in yeah. one day in wow. FTX, give is, or is take. Is it weird that also the NFT marketplace has... It's been quiet. 94% as well. Though. Bitcoin hit 174. There? Ethereum's right now at 1,200. Uh, anyway, some investors, this is a Wall Street Journal article talking about that Fed rates could hit two-decade high, 6%. Facebook laying off 11,000. Homeowners lost $1.5 trillion in equity. Just in the last five, uh, five uh, months. And then we'll talk politics, we'll talk some polls, and we'll talk some issues. But with that being said, how do you feel about last night? Uh, Tom, why don't we go to you first? What happened last night? You were up till 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, you were looking for a wed- red wave, and then you're looking for maybe a little bit of a red high tide. And what you ended up with is sort of a, a, a midterm shift, but of the more neutral, sedate type. And we still have some things we're out looking. It's 48-48 in the Senate. We still got four races that are really close. A runoff going to happen in Georgia. I think that's pretty much determined now. And then three races that are pretty close, although Laxalt looks good in Nevada. But I really saw sort of y- – you thought that the voter was going to be more angry in the voting booth. You saw exit polls from all the different channels talking about how upset the voters were. But inside the voting booth, there wasn't as much shift as we anticipated. Which one, Rod, surprised you the most? Which one was, yeah, I kind of saw that one coming. I did not see XYZ coming. Which one was it? I mean, which race? Which race? Which particular race? Well, if Carrie Lake doesn't win, that'll be a shock to me. I if she doesn't win. Yeah, I think yeah. she's going to win. I don't know a lot about what's going on in Arizona, but I just feel like uh, the campaign she was running, she's a very attractive candidate, forceful. Um, if she doesn't win, that'll be uh, the biggest surprise. I, am I surprised about the result? In other words, what Tom said wasn't a red wave. It was probably a dark pink wave. Yeah. Um, yes, a little bit surprised. But here again, if you're asking me who the biggest losers are, I would say it's the pollsters and the pundits. I would say that it's uh, Republican expectations. 
I would say it's the Democrats still, because they, in all likelihood, will not have total control of the government. Um, and if you're asking about who the winners are, clearly Ron DeSantis had a big, big night, big winner. The Republican Party in Florida, big winner. And hoodies are big winners. And the next time I run for public office, I'm going to get a hoodie. Hoodies. And I'm going to run no suit and tie. I'm going to wear a hoodie. And it's going to say across my chest, I didn't do it. Like Fetterman. <clears throat> Like yeah. Fetterman, yeah. yeah. I mean, so who, who uh -huh. else would you say biggest biggest winners or losers? Go ahead. I know who you're going to so, say. Go ahead. Well, I, it's, um, I think everything comes down to D. Now, let me explain. So who are the biggest losers? It's not even close. Donald Trump was the biggest loser of the night. Okay? In addition to that, election denialism, D, massive loser. We can go down the ticket here. Every single governor in... In, in swing states that was running on the election denial ticket, okay, whether it's Tom Michaels of Wisconsin, Tudor Nixon in Michigan, Doug Mastriano of Pennsylvania got wiped out, okay, Darren Bailey, Dan Cox, Illinois, Maryland, Lee Zeldin in New York. I know they said they thought that would be close. It wasn't. And then Kerry Lake. Um, and then last but not least... Lee Zeldin was close for, for the state of New York. For New York, but for it was... New York, for, that's a close... Well, right, for... 4.7%, I think 47% to 52.4%. Not, not close enough that, that it was going to change anything. Yeah, you, you just that yeah. close. And sure. then last but not least, and this is where I think Republicans shot themselves yeah. in the foot, in addition to just, you know, following everything that Trump says and denialism, was the Dobbs decision, the last D, which was the abortion issue. This should have been a freaking layup for Republicans. We've been talking about a red wave for six months. And this isn't even barely a red teardrop. With everything that's going on in the country, dude, I voted for Ron DeSantis. Okay, and we'll talk about what the winners are. With everything that's going on in the country right now, whether, it, whether it's inflation, the cost of living, gas prices, crime, immigration, this should have been a wipeout, and it wasn't even close. So I agree with Governor Rod Blagojevich that um, the, you said the, um, what was your point of who, who was the, uh, the big winner? Uh, well, DeSantis, hoodies. the Florida Republican Party, okay. uh, hoodies. And the, but the, on the flip side, who yeah. the big winners were, were DeSantis, not even close, okay? Democrats, because there was no red wave. Abbott. But the, the big D is democracy. So the Democrats had no platform. Their entire platform was just let women choose and protect democracy. Who cares what's going on in the economy? Who cares how shitty inflation is? Mm -hmm. Who cares? Let's protect democracy. Bottom line is, it turns out election denialism is not a winning message. So if you're a Republican and you're thinking, huh, 2024 is around the corner, who should I get behind? It's obvious. Don't let emotions in the, in the window here. It's obvious. The electorate is saying, go with DeSantis. He just destroyed Florida, Miami-Dade, which never votes red. Meanwhile, everyone that basically was on the Trump train in the denialist ticket lost. It's clear. Trump is a toxic candidate. 40% of America loves this guy. 60% wants nothing to do with him. So you know this. There's something called big tent politics. You have to have a big tent. It's a, it's a numbers game. If you don't get to 50%, you're not going to win. We had uh, Dinesh D'Souza, another D. I asked him the other day, what was the thing he did, 2,000 mules? Mm -hmm. I, said, I said, why are you shocked that Trump lost? He wasn't the favorite. 
He goes, what are you talking about? And then I brought up the Vegas odds. I go, yeah, he wasn't the favorite. How did you not know that? He's like, oh, I thought Trump was the favorite. Brother, you just made an entire documentary. You made $100 million, and you didn't know that Trump wasn't the favorite? Denialism is not the way forward, okay? Sore loser, victim mentality is not the way forward. DeSantis, freedom, that's the way forward. But if you nominate Trump in 2024, you got another thing coming, Republicans. That's it's actually a very good conversation. Do you, what do you think about what uh, Adam just said? Well, I agree with a lot of what he's saying. I would say this. If it wasn't for uh, the Dobbs decision and reversing Roe v. Wade, there would have been a Republican red wave. I do believe that. I think women all over the country, in every part of the country, saw that as a, an affront to their freedoms, their rights. It's a moral issue, and I certainly understand the people who believe life begins at conception. I understand if you believe that, they have to take the position that they take. But most Americans don't think that. And I think that notwithstanding the fact that the polls before the election were indicating that that was a, an issue that was further down the, the concerns of the voter, that it was the economy and crime and the, the open borders and, and it, it, the abortion issue wasn't that high, I think women got into the voting booth. And they, first of all, they came out in larger numbers, I'm sure. And they were driven by the fact that the idea of politicians and men in particular can restrict their reproductive freedoms. And, we tell them about their bodies. I think that had a big impact in this race. Let me, add, let me add to that. Timing is very important. You know, timing is of the essence. If I'm the Republicans, and if you really, really wanted to do the, you know, repeal Roe versus Wade, I would have done it right after you won the red wave midterms. Let's be clear. The reason you lost the midterms was because election denialism is not a winning message. Sorry, Donald Trump. And number two... Women got pissed off. They're like, hold on. Republicans are in charge now, and now I'm losing my reproductive choice? I ain't down for this. So if they would have done it, as far as timing goes, right after they had a mandate in 2022, which they would have, if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot over this abortion issue, then they would have had a mandate that said, we're in charge now, we hold Congress, because they would have, and then that would have been an opportune moment to do that. Instead, they jumped the gun, and now they're paying the price in basically maybe not even holding Congress. I think they're going to win the House, but they're not going to win the Senate. That's pretty clear at this point. Senate's 48-48 right now, and one of them, uh, Georgia's going to be a what? A runoff, which we're not going to know anything for 30 days, and then, uh, uh, but there's uh, the the Senate, the the Arizona seat could, it's still going on, no? Right. Uh, Laxalt overnight uh, thinks of tightened up in Nevada, and he actually has a 22,000 vote lead right now. Um, Nevada, don't, yes. Don't know if all the rural Arizona that is going to come in is going to bring Masters up. It seems like he's got a long way to go right there, and Mark's got that one in, in hand. So I, I think the best case is probably 50-50. I think it's probably Georgia, Nevada, if Herschel Walker wins the runoff, is probably the best case on the Republican side, and it's 50-50. Something you said that I was looking at last night is the pollsters and political consultants are big losers. They are charging exorbitant fees to candidates, and I see you nodding. You were a candidate. Yes. You went through that. You had to determine who are the right ones to hire for your campaign today in an economic malaise or today when it's up, and you had all the things that you had to do. I took a look just at Florida last night. I went to Real Clear Politics. I went to 538 because they assimilate all these different polls, and you can see them. And there was a worst-case scenario. I saw a couple of them that were nine-point polls for DeSantis. Most everything I found was seven, seven and a half, eight. 
It was a 20-point victory. So somewhere over at Charlie Chris Camp, they're looking at some checks they wrote to these consultants and pollsters and saying, what the hell? Why didn't we know the hole was this deep? They would have spent mm -hmm. their money differently. Similarly, I looked at Whitmer. It was off by like, like half. Her, her victory was double the, the spread they thought it was going to be. And the reason I looked at those races, in neither race was there like a last-minute surprise or a booby trap or something. Right? You, you, looked, you looked at DeSantis in Florida. DeSantis didn't cure cancer, and Charlie Chris didn't have some horrible thing pop up of a fraternity picture or something. It, the, the, you know what I'm saying? The election just rolled right in, no surprises. And I think the pollsters, those were just two I looked at, but the polls were so wrong of not really understanding this. And I'm wondering is if polling America is on something that's so deeply lightning rod as choice, abortion, and with women, do we just not want to be polled and just they're, they're not finding ways to get the right answers? Because the pollsters were massive losers. I agree with you on that point. I mean, this is the umpteenth time we've been like, well, the pollsters were wrong again. What's the definition of crazy? Doing the same thing over and over again expecting and expecting different results. different results. We know this. Of course, Ricky knows the crazy definition. <laughs> um, but in 2016, the pollsters were absurdly wrong, right? 2018, 2020... Again, Biden was the favorite. <laughs> now 2022. I told you the one poll that I look at, it's not Pew, it's not Rasmussen, it's not ABC, it's not Fox, it, it, all that. I just look at Vegas, bro. What's Vegas doing? Because there's accountability there. They, you know, follow the money. If they lose, they really lose. Exactly. If they lose, they lose. Like we just saw this guy, Mattress Mac, won $75 million because he put it on the Astros. There's accountability there. Oh, shit. We just lost. Our line was way off, okay? Versus what's the accountability with these pollsters? There's no accountability. Well, turns out we were way wrong. Well, all right, can you write me another check for the next, you know, elections uh, round? It's, there's no accountability there. In Vegas, at least there's accountability. If they screw up, somebody's getting fired and they're going to have to pay out 75 million bucks. These polls are absurd. Ricky, so, what are you thinking? Um... You know, I'm listening. I'm, I was kind of listening to the guys at first, and I was thinking about, like, I was listening to to Adam right now about, um, you know, when I'm I talk to a lot of people when it comes out to this with with the whole thing with Trump and and whatnot. Um, I think that I think that what really affected the Republican Party was a hundred percent, even because I know even conservative women that are not happy with the fact that they don't get to choose or they can't choose. Uh, how they're going to be able to deal with their bodies as far as um, being able to uh, uh, have the choice to either keep a baby or not. So more than just the fact that when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. People did not, the people are concerned about gas and they're concerned about mortgage rates and they're concerned about taxes. It, it's more than obvious they're more concerned about things that are personal to them than it comes down to their body. I think that that's, that's kind of what we saw. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm extremely surprised with a lot of things that were happening. But then again, 
when you start talking to everyday Americans and you start to spin the stories like they have with the Democrat Party about like, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine. So many people are so emotionally attached to their political parties that they're going to believe their politicians. Like, look what happened in California. Newsom went again. He sent his kids to school when we couldn't send our kids to school. He was partying at a birthday party in the middle of a pandemic. We couldn't do that. He did, he did everything that was recorded doing everything that we couldn't do, and they voted him in again. I just really, and, and by the way, in California, if you were in California, he was hitting the abortion thing really hard. And he, like I said, even conservative women, even Republican women that I know, they were not down with that. You know, I'm pro-life. I, I, I believe the life, you know, you know, you don't, I don't, people don't have to agree with it, but the Bible says, you know, hey, I knew you before you were in the womb. That means something to me. But most of the people are not picking up a Bible, so therefore they're not strongly attached to that ideology. And I think that in, in this, more than the fact that Trump was saying, oh, everybody cheated in 2020, I think they're more, they were more concerned about the reproductive organs issue than they were about him denying the fact that, you know, it was a bad election. Scott Rodriguez just asked you a question. Uh, he said, what's up with Latinos, Ricky? When will they wake up here in California? No, the thing is that I don't, I don't think that, I don't, it's not that they're not waking up, there's not enough of them, right? There's not enough of them. And on top, and on top of that, you can't go, like for example, no matter how much people know in California, I, I, and it's funny because some of my cousins are going to be watching this, I get to, I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative Republican. But what happens is that they can't fathom the idea of voting the opposite of what they've been told or what they've been taught. Every time I go to my in-law's house or I go to my grandmother's house, Univision, Telemundo, all these companies, all these, all these uh, 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 Mexican CNNs are talking about how the Democrat Party is a savior of everybody. So no matter how much logic, the, 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 reason, the reason that in Mexico, you got, a lot of people, don't, and I won't take long on this subject, but a lot of people forget that Mexicans originally, we were not, Christ, we were not Catholic. We worship the sun and the moon. They came and changed our religion because we believe. The, the problem with the Hispanic community is that we believe people just because they're on the TV. And we think they're right. We're, we're not one to do our homework. Sounds we're like very, you need to get on TV, very, very, very gullible people. So, I know, so no matter what happens, no matter what conversation I have with my grandparents or uncles, and aunt, I have an aunt in particular. I'm not going to say her name. I have an aunt in particular that I can show her all the facts and she still will refuse to vote the other way because she can't fathom the idea of voting Republican, even though that's what benefits her the most. You have a brother that works both sides of the aisle. I don't know if you ever watched Jordan Klepper, Fingers the Pulse, The Daily Show. By the way, just as far as The Daily Show goes, anyone watch The Daily Show? I haven't really watched it since Jon Stewart left. I'm not a fan of the, uh, I can't even forget, I can't remember his name. Who's the host? What's his name? Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, not a fan. Cool, all good. But Jordan Klepper is a freaking star. And he goes out. So we can talk all day how wild and wacky the woke left is. But this guy, who's clearly a liberal, talented guy, comedian, goes into the heart of Trump country, red America, rule America, and asks everyday people, doesn't, doesn't assume, ask questions. And the answers are wildly insane. They're like, January 6th was just a peaceful march. It was, there was no, there was no, any, nothing happened. What? Yeah, one lady was like, oh, yeah, I don't believe any of that. None of that. It was all fake. No, there was no issues. There was no violence. It's like, well, 
what's this? He shows it to her. She's like, I don't believe it. So like denialism is real. Most people are most people. Most I'm people are dug in on their beliefs. Know, I don't know. I'm not saying denialism is real. Yeah. I don't think it's the biggest subject as we think it is more than the reproductive organ part. Well, all right. So if we're going to go there, I've been pretty clear. Republicans should have run away with this. This is an ABC polled people, exit polls, most important issues. Number one by far was inflation, 32%. Number two was, an abor- was abortion, 27%. Shouldn't even been on the ballot. I'm mean, clear about that. Shouldn't have been on the ballot. And then the next three major issues were crime, 11%, gun policy, 11%, immigration, 10%. Those are all winning issues for Republicans. Those are inflation, crime, gun policy, immigration. Those are layup W's for Republicans. But they threw in this abortion yep. thing, overreached, and said, we got this thing, guys. No, you don't. That's what I'm telling you right now. It was, exactly. a, it was a reproductive organ thing. Then. Exactly. That's, that's what screwed it up. I, I don't know if I'm going to put that, guys. It's like, oh, that's it, and that's the, uh, no, that's the no, main thing. But, the but overall, let me let me man. say what you just said right now with January 6th. I think the biggest challenge, I think, for myself wasn't January 6th, whether that was just a peaceful protest. It was the fact the opposing side called what happened with the riots a peaceful protest. So you lose credibility. credibility. So one goes to court and you want to put people in jail, but the other one, they're just peaceful protesters and they're ruining their own communities. Mm -hmm. So so to me, the contradiction there is on both sides. I'm fully on your same page, but but two wrongs don't make a right. Did you guys see Myra Flores yesterday? Myra Flores lost last night. She lost last night, which is pretty... uh, But this is a tweet that she put yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on this. If you can pull it up, she said the red wave did not happen. Republicans and independents stayed home. Do not complain about the results if you did not do your part. So what do you think about this tweet from Myra Flores and Ricky? I'll go to you first. She's right. She's 100% right. She should have won. She should have won. She was she's popular. She's popular. I mean, she should have won. She's not she's not wrong when again when we go back and we're watching all the when we're watching all the the, the 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 polls and we're watching how close a lot of these races are. It's it, that's not that's not that's not how this thing was supposed to be. Nobody projected it to be this way. And she's right. I think a lot of people simply either either they were big on the abortion thing or they just did not show up. And but by the way, just so you know, just going back, I don't want to go back backtrack, Pat. But just so you, a lot of Hispanics really do believe that your vote doesn't count. Just so you know that. Like a lot of my boys are like, bro, I'm not gonna go vote. Well, my in vote California, doesn't count. it doesn't. Well, I know, but I'm saying that they believe that in general. It's a general belief. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in this case, she's, she, what was she, she was running for House candidate, right? That's a little bit different than running for governor because you're, you're talking about a, in the house, in a district. Yeah, you're right? right. You're, you're right. talking about a district. We're not talking about a whole state. Correct. So she lost her district, but a lot of people don't think that their vote counts. That's very popular amongst the Hispanic community, that your vote doesn't count. Who did she lose to? Uh, what was the... Um, who did she lose Tyler? to? I can't remember who... Uh, Myra Flores? Yeah, My, who did she lose yeah. to? Did, I can't remember who she lost. I can't. I, I can't think of the top of my head. I was following so many of these. If you can pull up who she lost to, because yeah, while we're looking at that, there is a whole issue in, in Texas. And if you were to take a look at the the governor county map, and you see that there were really there are three Texases now. There is all of the communities that go on the border. Um, the Rio Grande, RGV, you know, corpus, you know, everything, all the way down there on the border. Then you've got rural Texas, and then you've got core Houston, core Austin, and core Dallas, and they're like blue dots. And you look at what happened and what about Beto O'Rourke. And so Beto O'Rourke lost again. Um, and what was interesting about that is you look how he lost. He didn't lose his bad on the border communities, which stayed blue for him because of turnout. 
So mm-hmm. she's right. There was a the the turnout was not down there, and I think they thought they had this thing covered. Yep. And even the poll the polls were wrong on you know. So Beto lost by more, and the polls were off. But you have to look at where everything was, and it was really eye opening if you've got that map at some point to take a look at what the border communities were for Beto O'Rourke versus the rest of the state. Beto was running for governor? He was running against Abbott? Against Abbott. Yeah, so, Abbott. quick yeah. question about Beto. You, you lived in Texas for a decade, and same with you. Has that guy won anything? No. When's the last time he won anything? No, I mean, listen. Not you, statewide, you, you, no. You, you have to. You have to so, so, this is this is the part. Like, all I'm thinking about is, as a strategist, a few things you got to be thinking about. So, by the way, this girl, the reason why I asked who she lost to, she lost to a guy named Vic, Vicente Gonzalez. If you read the comments, go back to the Myra uh, tweet that I just gave you. Can you pull that up and just go to the comment section below? Just zoom in a little bit so we can read what people are saying. What people are saying. Zoom in. Zoom in a little bit. It's not allowing. Okay, there you go. Look at the first comment. A Democratic candidate with 2,000 Twitter followers beats you. <laughs> Let that sink in. You have 371,000 followers. Do new Democratic uh, uh, Congressman Vince, uh, Vincente Gonzalez just passed. Just one over 2,000 followers. You got rejected, right? Go a little lower. Then he said on to Felicia, keep going lower, keep going lower, keep going lower, keep going lower. Wrong. We did our part. We showed up in record numbers and voted you out. Bye-bye. Massive L. All this stuff that they say. Here's a part. I also don't know if, I'm, if, I, if, I, uh, if I run a sales organization and one of my sales guys goes out there and says, well, listen, guys, you guys didn't show up and you didn't do your part. That's why we lost. You guys didn't sell. No, no. The leader gets the responsibility. I, I don't think this concept about you didn't go shake enough hands. I'd much rather put the onus on myself. If you look at Charlie Chris, he's first candidate ever to lose a statewide okay, election as an independent, as a Republican, and as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. No one likes a flip-flopper. It's the reason why a John Kerry is not a president and his entire trajectory since he was in high school was this guy's one day going to end up being a what? He looks like a president. He looks like Lincoln. If you put him side by side, they have a similar kind of a look, similar height. He's a flip-flop. American people don't like that. Beto O'Rourke is just not a good leader. He's not a candidate that's it's formidable. So both the left and the right in certain areas chose somebody that was not good for that market. So a Dr. Oz may have done better in a different market. You don't relate to Pennsylvania. So, so the candidate you chose for that market a person that's worth $75 million, you want me to go in Pennsylvania, get the votes of people that are like, dude, I don't relate to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't live your life. I don't have that. So there's some of these things. Now, Trump worked in the national, you know, uh, 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 election as when he ran for office, president, but he had a swagger. He pushed Trump that Oz was maybe like him. So both mm-hmm. sides get a bit of a blame on NBA draft. Something went out this morning. Barstool Sports tweeted something which was so funny. They showed a clip where the, uh, the uh, uh, attorney's asking the Michael Cohen in court, how many times? More than 100 times? More. More than 200 times? More. More than 500 times? About 500 times. And then Barstool Sports puts the amount of times the Oakland Raiders screwed up on a draft pick, uh-huh. right? First draft pick. <laughs> the, the, the point is both sides picked the wrong candidate they got behind, and you screwed up. So if you won in an area, great. If you lost in an area, great. The one area you're saying issue, I agree with you on the fact that Roe v. Wade timing, but 
when they did it, I think Supreme Court was 6-3, then it went to 5-4. So yeah. you didn't really want to take the risk of waiting this long because it could have gone the other way anyway. So they kind of had to do it at the time. So it's easy yeah. for us to yeah, say. It was timing, so it's yeah. too risky. Yeah. It's, it's more 100% if I'm 6-3. It goes, by the way, it ended yeah. up being 5-4, just so you know, it didn't go 6-3. So if we would have been 5-4 and they would have done that, maybe we would have gone 4-5. So they, that's the risk that Republicans yeah. did take. But if you're talking about winners and losers, I'll give you my thoughts on winners and losers. Okay. Hardcore winner at the top, above everything, is copy whatever policies DeSantis did in the state of Florida, period. That's number one. I think you're right. Number one biggest winner is him. Rubio won. It wasn't even close. Uh, DeSantis won, and I like his message. I don't know if you heard his speech when he gave his speech. By yeah. the way, they announced him at like 7 o'clock, yeah. 4 o'clock it was Pacific like the first Standard thing. Time. First thing, oh, Blow this out. one's, forget about it. At 37%, 60%, they're like, yeah, it's over done. with. It's done with. And then he got up and he says... A lot of you, because he didn't win uh, the first time uh, uh, by widespread. It was a close oh, it was margin. a very narrow margin. 35,000 votes or some small. yeah. I don't right. know what the number was. Maybe very I'm wrong close. with 35,000, but it was a small margin. Right. That's in fact, number Trump put him over because yeah. it was such a close race. It was such a close yeah, race. Trump came in there and pushed hard for DeSantis. Yeah. But this time he won by like 1.4, 1.5 million. Right. So he said something. He says, I also want to thank many of you who didn't vote for me the first time, Correct. but you're voting for me now, I want to thank you for earning your vote. Yes. It's a very interesting messaging right. on what he's saying. So Florida won. It's definitely not a win for MAGA community. There's no question about it. That's not a, a, a win. I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think the American voter won. I think small business kind of won. Here's mm -hmm. why. There's going to be a gridlock. Nothing's going to get done the next two years. If you don't like Biden, you're okay. If you don't like Republicans, you're okay. Yeah. No one's going to be able to push anything through. It's kind of going to be like next two years, you don't even need to watch CNN and Fox right now for the next two years. Maybe next six months, yeah. 12 months. Next year, 2023. Focus you on do. yourself, not politics. But the, but the point being, there isn't anybody that's going to sit there worried about anything's going to be pushed through. So in that part, I think the winner is also the small business owner, the American voter, uh, I think those who don't like Nancy Pelosi are definitely very excited. Okay, the fact oh that you don't have to God. hear from her anymore. Okay, and maybe even uh, her McCarthy. husband is happy because uh, she can spend more time with them at the house. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe he's going <laughs> to be upset. Hospital. You know. So who knows yeah, about what's going to happen? Husband that's husband that's just, just so you know, Kevin McCarthy's from Bakersfield. Yeah, he's a hometown guy. You, you talk about leadership, and I think there's really something there. And I, and I, I'd like to ask you this question. It appears to me. When you look at DeSantis, he had two crises. And remember, the governors, we talked about this the first time we were on the podcast, mm -hmm. about how the governors are really, there's really only 51 CEOs in America, the president and 50 governors. Everybody else is a legislator, right. if you think of it. Right. Um, the, government can, the governor can call the National Guard. He can do a lot of things. He's got executive orders. president's got executive orders. You can do things like a CEO. DeSantis had two major crises, COVID and Hurricane Ian. And in both cases, he made choices that benefited his state. Three days you rebuild a bridge? Exactly. What are you talking about? We got the bridge built yeah. and, and back in there to get emergency equipment and, and fresh water and things in there. And he's yeah. walking around and people are making fun of him, walking around on his white rubber boots. But the point is, wait a minute, he's been down. I was looking at this. I said, the guy's been down there for a week. He had a command center. He's making decisions. I think you got to give credit to the Florida voter that said, this guy's doing a good job, and he's doing things, and I'm voting for him. And so the surprise that, well, Miami-Dade should be automatic blue. What's going on here? I think people looked at that. When you were governor, did you feel, there's my question, did you feel that 
when you did things and leadership was on display, that it would trump the standard, not mean Trump, but it would overpower just walking in the voting booth and pulling the, the one-party lever. Oh, absolutely. I had the misfortune of getting reelected because I think I did a good job as governor. And then, of course, the calamity came and I had to go away for eight years. But uh, no, of course, you run as the incumbent on your record if you have one. And uh, if you've done a good job, most of the time, if not all the time, the people, as Bill Clinton used to say, almost always get it right. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they reward you for that. And I think your analysis of Governor DeSantis' performance as the governor taking strong positions, sticking to them, um, handling the emergency that happened, which was frankly a political benefit to him because they be, the ability to be able to handle a crisis and do it in the middle of a campaign where the other guy is campaigning and you look like you, you are being a leader and you're doing things for the people, it's a tremendous political advantage that he had. I, I want to point out, it was a big win for him. I don't know that Charlie Crist was such a good candidate. Rubio did almost as good as DeSantis. So it's a bigger trend than just DeSantis. Mm -hmm. It's a Republican trend in Florida. And I think it would have happened in other places had there been what the decision from the Supreme Court didn't happen and had there been better candidates running. Uh, Candidate quality makes a big difference. And if you're disappointed because it didn't go completely your way, there's a lot of hope for the Republican Party because what's happening now in America Gradually, it's a gentle political realignment. Latinos increasingly are voting Republican, leaving the Democratic Party. Black men are little by little leaving the Democratic Party, leaving what Harold Washington, the first African-American mayor of Chicago, called plantation politics, leaving that politics of dependency, government, Democrats just giving you crumbs but not really investing in the community and giving people a chance to have opportunities. They are moving slowly to the Republican Party. Where the Republican Party is losing, are those suburban women, white suburban women. And notwithstanding that poll by the Wall Street Journal that said there was a 27-point shift of of, uh, Republican suburban white women, I still think when they made the decision to go vote, I think a lot of them just said, I don't want government or men telling me what I can do about my body. I I agree with you. I think that that was a big... I think, like, going back to that, I think it was the biggest issue. I think it was a much bigger issue than... Than, than a lot than a lot of people predicted it would be. I think that I think that the Republican Party, when it came down to that message, thought that all the Republicans and conservatives were going to back up that message, and they didn't. Because even though like I'm I'm pro life, and I still don't think the government should tell people what to do with their body. I just I just don't. I just I mean I just don't. And so and I'm, I'm and I'm you. like and I'm very deep rooted in my in my beliefs, and I still don't think the government has any any business telling people what to do. Because then it's 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 here what it comes down to it's. It goes back to um, hypocrisy, right? Like if you wanted the vaccine or didn't want the vaccine, you know, like you were you wanted to have a choice with that, but you don't want to give women the choice, even if you don't agree with it. I, I think it was a bad, bad, bad messaging for the Republican Party. It ended up being the COVID of this election. Yeah, good point. What good was analogy? The abortion. Yeah. yeah. No one realized it, but yep. the abortion decision ended up being the COVID issue of this mm-hmm. election. Yeah, we keep going back. Back to the premise of candidates, right? Uh, I think Chris Christie, who's becoming more of like a, just a, a normal, moderate voice that's needed in America, uh, he said something very profound yesterday, speaking of you, know, you being a candidate and being an incumbent. He said, being an incumbent and being competent is a lethal mix. So look at uh, lethal in a good way. Yeah. You look at a Ron DeSantis. He was the incumbent and he was very competent Blowout. So you even look in Georgia, Brian Kemp. Yeah. He blew out Stacey Abrams out of the water. He was By the incumbent. And that and was, was real close four years ago. Very Both close four, years, four ago years ago. Were close. Against um, Stacey Abrams. Now it wasn't right. even close. Right. 
And he, you know, he earned, speaking of suburban women, he curried a lot of favor in Georgia for standing up to Trump, okay? So Trump is like, he's, he's rooting against certain Republicans. He's kind of, if you're on team MAGA, he's rooting for you. But if Brian Kemp, who just won, he's rooting against wildly. Um, but back to candidates. So like you brought up um, Fetterman. So Mehmet Oz, My God. here's a guy that, talk about national presence. Everyone's seen him on TV for a decade and a half, okay? He's not even from Pennsylvania. He loses to, like, the modern-day weekend at Bernie's. This guy just had a stroke six months ago. They're propping him up there on strings like Pinocchio, and you can't beat that guy? I mean, what is going on here? Like, the candidacy, and he was hand-picked by Donald Trump. Well, that's another issue about figuring out a way where these different states have different ways of voting. In Pennsylvania, over a million people voted before that debate where Fetterman had yeah, early voting, difficulties. Yeah. And they were overwhelmingly probably Fetterman votes. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder if there hadn't been that early of an early vote. That's a good point. Had there been yeah. a debate before the early <laughs> voting. But there's also the like, been different. you know, there's also sound bites that resonate. So, for instance... What was like Ronald Reagan's famous sound buddies? There like, you go again. What was that? that there you go again. Yeah, exactly. Again, and it's like, I'm not going to let uh, my age or what was that whole age joke? My age and uh, inexperience. Lack of experience. Sound bites. But the sound bite in that Pennsylvania election is like, how are you going to vote for Oz? He's a Cowboys fan. Now, if you, if you live in Pennsylvania and you're a Steelers fan, Steelers country. Eagles. And that guy or an Eagles oh, fan. Oh, Eagles. They're same division. Who, who are a good friend of mine, Dylan Bet David, thinks is going to win the Super Bowl this year because he's got, you know, those skills like that. But if you're identified as a Cowboys fan in PA, you're not winning, homie. So, like, that's <laughs> it. Those let, things let me matter. Read this. Those let things me, matter. Let yeah. me read this You know, as a Bulls fan, as a Bears fan. From, from yesterday, CNN. Fetterman sues to have mail-in ballots counted even if not signed with valid date. This is a CNN story, okay? About the, Fetterman. About Fetterman. Yeah. The question of whether mailed ballots with incorrect or missing dates can be counted in one of the hottest voting disputes in the pivotal state leading up to Election Day and a divided Pennsylvania Supreme Court recently ordered counties to refrain from counting mail ballots with missing or invalid dates on their outer envelopes. So Pennsylvania Democratic Senate nominee John Fetterman and voters' his campaign has aligned with hoping the federal court will supersede the state's uh, court decision. The date uh, instruction imposes unnecessary hurdles that el eligible Pennsylvanians must clear to exercise their, mo their most fundamental right, resulting in otherwise valid votes being arbitrarily rejected without any reciprocal benefit of the Commonwealth. The date on a mail ballot envelope thus has no bearing on a voter's qualification and serves no purpose other than to erect barriers to qualified voters exercising their fundamental constitutional right to vote. This unnecessary impediment violates the Civil Rights Act and the First and Fourteenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. What do you think about what Fetterman says here when he's saying he's going to sue? He probably won't sue now that he's been projected. But do you, agree, do you agree with him on what he's like? Is that... No, I think, I think we have to tighten up these laws. That's what I'm saying. Like when you hear stories it. like this... Yes, of course. What do you mean if signatures are missing still right. to count, if dates are missing still to count? These are the types of things when you say... And, and Adam, you talk about uh, the, the election denier. Well, I think what that does when people... Because here's what's going to happen. Now... You know how you categorize somebody as a uh, Trump person? 
that person's automatically going to be judged because they're a Trump person, right? right. Hey, that anti-vaxer. guy's a vaxxer, oh, you're a Trump anti-vaxxer, you're the guy. labels. He's a election denier. He's a this, he's a that. Here's what I'm for. I'm for if, like in Florida, they were trying to do something with Ron DeSantis. He says, uh-uh, we're not pulling this off here. A uh, story came out about what DeSantis said two days ago, I think even yesterday. Florida rejects federal monitors inside polling places not permitted. The DeSantis administration warned Biden's Department of Justice late Monday that federal election date poll monitors are not permitted inside polling places under Florida law and said on Friday will send its own monitors to ensure there is no interference to the voting process. On Monday, the DOJ released a list of 64 jurisdictions with 24 states in which the department plans to send attorneys to monitor for compliance with federal voting rights laws on election day. Included on that list was Broward, Miami-Dade, and Palm Beach County in Florida. Brad McVeigh, general counsel to Florida's Department of State, said the section uh, 102 point, he's got all these things here, of the Florida state statutes, statutes list of people who may enter any polling room or polling place, Department of Justice personnel, are not included on this list. So, you know, DeSantis is saying, you know, get out of this place. Fetterman is saying we should count these guys that signatures not being counted. Uh, uh, Kerry Lake is telling voters go from Maricopa County to Phoenix because Phoenix is more liberal. None of the machines were having issues. The other ones were having issues. Some people are waiting in line three, four, five hours. These are the types of things that get people to say, if we have technology the way that we do today, why can't we make this more compliant, clear, easy that we can trust? You know, in Florida, whatever you vote, you can go on a website, look at your vote, track it to see right. if it was counted mm-hmm. or not. State of Florida does that. Wow. You know how many states you can do that in? Not many. In, in many states, you can't even figure out if your vote counted or not. You don't know. It's just kind of like, did they count it or not? Ah, just trust us. We got it. So I think, I, I do think whoever, like uh, 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 I think it was Ron, Rand Paul says, you know, I'm going to make it my uh, mission to go after Fauci on every single thing moving forward the next two years. And you know he's going to be doing it. Which he did. Uh, you know he's going to be doing it, right? But I also think there's got to be a more... Uh, because a part of when people say things like Ricky is saying, they don't think their vote's going to count. There's a lot of people also feel that way. I don't think it's just Hispanics. There's a lot of people that say, I don't know if my vote's going to count or not. I think we got to get people to trust that a little bit more than they do today. The last six years, trust has gone a little bit lower in these voting methods that we have. We can streamline that to increase trust in the voting yeah, methods ch- that thank, we have. Can I get in here real quick? And I just want to wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. If you're asking me what is probably... The biggest short-term challenge in America isn't the issue of saving the democracy. That was a bunch of hyperbole and baloney. You can swear here, right? A lot of bullshit. Because if the Republicans had a wave. These are talking points. Yeah. Messaging. But it did speak to a whole group of Democrats because they have such distrust for Republicans. On the other hand, when you talk about election denial, there's real reasons that people don't trust the electoral system. There is real fraud. I come from Chicago. Obama and I both know how that happens and how it's done in big cities. Now, did that change the outcome of the last presidential election? It doesn't make any sense to dig that up and keep talking about it. You should move forward. But to get trust of the American people to believe in the integrity of these elections is critical. And a Republican House can do a great service to the American people if they push something that streamlines the process nationwide and doing it in a way where there's certain guidelines that every state has to follow so that the people can trust the outcome. They'll be more apt to vote. Um, and they'll be more willing to accept the other side winning if they honestly think it was a fair game. But right but, now, but, but, half but, the people but, don't but, think so. But Maricopa, this is the second time they have issues. They did it during the 2020 yes, election, right. where, where they were saying their machines were counting 
If you were a Republican and was all of a sudden going Democrat, it was an accident. Maricopa's already lost their, their, their credibility when it comes down to that. Yeah. Like when, when they were bringing up Maricopa, I was like, oh, here we go again. That's what went through my mind. It wasn't like, oh, oh, that's, the, oh, wow. No. It was like, no. So, so at some point, it gets to a point where people are just tired of the bullshit. And, I, and, I, and I don't, I, you know, you, you, you come from that, so you're going to know. But I think that power corrupts, and I believe that, you know, we learned that in the Bible. The Bible teaches us that. And, and, and I'm going to tell you that I think that once you find a way to win and you can get away with it once on such a big scale, I am 100%, I will say it publicly, I do not care whatever it is what it is. We all have our opinions, and I, I 100% do not believe the 2020 election was fair election. I do believe it was rigged. Um, that's all there is to it. I'm, there's, there's, there's nobody, nobody's going to convince me otherwise. But the point is this, that um, I, I believe that once you get away with something at such a big scale, the way they, in my head, again, this is 100% my opinion. This is not something I'm trying to shove other, down, down other people. So I don't even talk about this subject. But once you figure out, like, dude, if we could put the president in office, then we could pick our senators too. We can pick our governors, too. I think once you figure out a way to cheat once, you're going to do it multiple times. In certain states. In certain states. In certain states. Of course, yeah. of course, yeah. Pat, of course. In, in yes. certain states, which, which, by the way, it's one of the reasons why... But that's all you need to flip a house. No, you're right. I don't disagree with you. You're right. But all I'm saying to you is it's also the reason why we moved our media company to Florida. Yeah. It's also why Texas is still winning. It's also why... A, a Musk and a Rogan and others moved to Austin and they're moving to Texas because that model worked under COVID. Yeah. It's, it's also why a purple state like Florida is turning red because yeah. people are sitting there saying, listen, man, I feel a little bit more comfortable living in a place like this. But you're absolutely right. The, again, when, when, when Dems put the blanket uh, statement on you to say he's an election denier, they're, listen, they're, these are very, very effective methods. Let me give you some words, okay? Some words that you put somebody in, how differently people look at that person, okay? Uh, uh, if somebody calls somebody Q, that person's career may be over, okay? If somebody calls somebody Q, that person's career could be over. If somebody calls somebody a racist, that person's career may be over. If somebody calls somebody an anti-Semite, right. that person's career may be over. Election denier. Anti-vax. How many of these do we have? We have so many of these that we can put there, right? And what that does is, unfortunately, get some people to be quiet and say, well, I'm definitely not going to touch up on that topic. No. I still think the average person doesn't fully trust the, the voting process. And by the way, I think that's on the left and right. I think the average person doesn't trust whether their vote really matters as well as whether the system they really trust or not. I think till today... People on both sides still feel that way. 100%. I could tell you right now there are certain people on the left that are sitting there saying, how is it even possible for Carrie Lake to be so close? She just, she, who is she? She was right. a Fox a local TV. Yeah, and she's now, she who is she to have that kind of a... I guarantee you there's people yeah. on the left that are saying, how can that person won that county? How is it even possible that this can be happening? So if both sides have a little bit uncomfortable thing about this, let's just make some progress on this yep. part here. And, and some people, this is the part, if you want to find out, uh, for example, if you want to find out somebody is not happy with their body fat percentage, how do you find out? You know, like, look, for example, you, you, you fastest way, hey, guys, you know what we want to do? What's that? Let's all get on the scale and see how much we weigh. If a person says what? No. Yeah, I'm no. good, Pat. But, don't, but if, some, if a person says that, today. what are they saying to you? They're, they're, they're not happy with They're the embarrassed weight. with what their right. weight is at, right? right? If we say, hey, let's do everybody's body fat percentage. 
nah, man, I'll skip this. I got to go to the bathroom. My stomach hurts, right? If, if everybody in the room says, guys, why don't we use technology to make our election process smoother, more accurate, if the people in the room say no, guess what? You're worried about your weight. That's my concern. If you are about progress, let's make progress with technology as well. Because we got plenty of bright people that can do it. By the way, you know what I do like? Here's what I do like. You know how uh, you order something from uh, uh, whoever you order, and they give you a tracking number on FedEx. And you go on FedEx, and what does it say? Right now, it's on a ship in such and such. Mm -hmm. It just got to the port in Jacksonville. Yeah. It's coming to the dealer. Guess what? I freaking love that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, it's going to be here by Tuesday. Fantastic. Why can't there be that for us to know your vote is officially in the process? It officially got counted. Here's where your vote is. Great. I think there's going to be many different things like that we can do. And I, by the way, to say running on the Myra Flores, not enough people showed up campaign, I don't think that's no. a necessary no. uh, 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 issue to run on. But to say, why don't we make it more fair and honest? You know, the whole story when people say, uh, uh, do I need to show my ID at TSA? Yes. yes. What do we do global entry for? What do we do clear for? Why am I showing my ID when I'm buying alcohol? Why am I doing all this stuff? Why don't we make these things more streamlined? Those are basic topics that a person will say. I, I agree with that. If I got to go to a club and I got to show my ID, fine. Let's figure out a way to make this thing a little bit tighter. And I think that is a topic that people want to know more about. I just want to say one thing about, um, like, a major thing that I've learned. Like, anyone that watches PBD Podcast for the last two years has probably seen my progression, especially in terms of politics. Like, I think I've gone from what I would consider, like, a JFK Democrat, Clinton Democrat, to more of, like, a just full-on moderate right now. I voted for Ron DeSantis. Just to be clear, so you know all the it's shit no talkers, wonder, no wonder you know, storm. Adam, communist, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> like I voted for Ron DeSantis. Just to be clear here, but we always say this: that the 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 independent voter, the independent mind in America, is the most important voter in America. So, for instance, Ricky, there is zero percent chance, zero, you'd vote for a Democrat. Yes, and hell would have to freeze. Exactly. So. And there's also no, baby, zero hold percent. On, hold on, hold on baby, let me baby, finish baby, my point. Okay, hold on. Okay, okay, hold cool. on, Poppy. We're going to come back to hold it. Hold on, Poppy. You get a chance. All right. Um, there's also a 0% chance that a far left BLM guy, whatever, would ever vote for Donald Trump. But where I like where I'm at right now, and maybe this is my message, is to be free from the constraints of your party is a very free feeling. And to be able to kind of be an umpire and call balls and strikes and say, yeah, you kind of fucked up here. Nope, you guys messed up here. That. So today... There's, everyone wants to live in, well, that's my truth. That's my truth. Well, there's the truth, and then there's my truth. So, for instance, you said, Ricky, I don't care what you say. I don't care what evidence you show me. I don't I care who said, says no, 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 what. I never said that. Hold on. That's not what I said. You said, you, hold on. You said, I don't care what evidence you show me. I never me. said that. I will never not believe that 2020 election was not stolen. That's exactly what you said. No, that's no. I, I said there's nothing you could tell me to convince me. Exactly. Because, well, the, the evidence is there that it was stolen. Okay, so my point is this. No matter how hard somebody tries, if the Supreme Court... I don't give a shit a about six, the Supreme But Court, this bro. is my point, brother, that you don't give a shit. If the 6-3 Supreme Court came down and said, by the way, we've looked at everything, Joe Biden is the winner of the 2020 election, 
You still wouldn't believe I think, him. Look, let me tell you. Let me tell you one thing. Because you're you living my truth. Hold on, your no, 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 no. Let me tell you one thing. When you come, truth. okay, I get, you got to remember. Outside of Pat, and I don't want to make judgments on anybody else. I lived in another country. Mm-hmm. I've seen corruption at its core. I've lived in it. So, to, like, it's very different when you when you live in a country where like, I'm going to give you an example. The one that's president right now, he ran against another guy two elections ago. And they stole it from him. And as a matter, even during, it's crazy. His name is, uh, is um, shit, um, uh, AMLO. AMLO. You're talking okay? about in Mexico? Uh, in Mexico. Yeah. The current president of Mexico, during our election, said something's wrong. They had already stolen an election from him. The guy, that's, the guy sat there from a different country, looked at everything, he said, that election is rigged. When a, when a person has had a stolen election, he's been running president many times, and finally the president now sits back and says, bro, that's bullshit. From another country, from a country that I come from, we see things from a whole different perspective that the, people think like America is like this perfect country where everything's fine, everything's good, and the government's all intact. Bullshit. There's DEA agents and CIA agents in Mexico training the cartels right now. So, so it, it missed me with the whole, oh, the Supreme Court... Fuck the Supreme Court. Because at the end of the, excuse my language, at the end of the day, the reality is this. I've seen corruption at its core. And when you have DEA and CIA agents in Mexico training the cartels, you can't convince me otherwise. That's fine. Then, but here's my response. And we see what's going on in Brazil right now. We see what's going on in, in Mexico. But let but, me go back. But hold on, hold on. This is fucking back. America. I, I, no, 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 no. That's the naive the, part the, of you. No, 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 That's no, no, the naive no. part of you. The difference between... That's naive to think okay. that. okay. The difference so between naive. America and the rest of these fucking puta anti no motherfucking other countries out there is that we believe in the peaceful transition of power. Now, you can quote me on this, and I'll quote Bill Maher. Come 2024, whether Trump gets blown out or not, he will say that he won the election. He will claim that it was rigged. He claimed that 2016 was rigged, and he won, dog. So, like... Since Donald Trump has showed up on the scene, the Democrats are every already, election what, is rigged, what, 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 what fraud, Hillary, stolen. What, what Hillary prior to do? that, prior to that, you know who had the biggest? Hillary Clinton just came out. Twenty twenty four is going to be stolen. She, it's two years from now. I'm not even worried. She's about already Hillary, talking, talking about, about Trump. What are you talking about, Trump? But in tw- Hillary's the, the one doing it right 2000, now. In the closest election we've ever had in our history, Al Gore in the state of Florida, when George W. Bush barely won Florida. P.S. Who was the governor of Florida at that time? Bush's oh, his brother? brother? Yeah. Jeb Bush? How about that, dog? He even said, you know what? This thing called America is bigger than me. I will say that you won the election. George W. Bush have it. Peaceful transition of power. Donald Trump does not believe in that. He does not believe in the peaceful transition Would of power. Would you believe in it too? Will and you of course, he's been you? echoing that sentiment for the last five years. And of course, and, and let, you're going to stand let, with let me tell you. Let me tell you real quick. And I, well, I know Pat wants to continue, I so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there's the last thing I'm going to say. The last thing I'm going to say on this subject. When I tell you that I would never, never vote Democrat, it's not because of how I feel. It's simply because they do not align with any of my beliefs, politically, tax, civil, uh, social, in any way, shape, or form. I, they do not align with anything that I believe in. And that's it has totally nothing fine. to do with feelings. It has everything to do with me, with me looking at facts. It's the party of slavery. It's the party of Jim Crow. It's the party of the KKK. And they switched to the 1960s because it was no longer popular to be racist. And they switched. J, LBJ said, I'm going to have these ends voting Democrat for 200 years. 
So the, they, they just switched tactics. Like what, back when, what he was saying earlier, um, when, when uh, this, this governor or, or senator said that it was a plantation politics, I 100% believe that's a Democrat party. So therefore, I cannot vote or even fathom the idea of voting for something that I know does not align with what I believe in and the history of the party and who they have been and what they represent and how they destroy everything. They, the 10 worst cities in the country are run by Democrats. I, it's so easy to be a Democrat in a, in, a, in a Republican state. Try being a Democrat, a Republican in a Democrat state where everything they touch goes to shit. So therefore, I'm a, I'm a, I live in it. I live in the shit. You know what's crazy? So therefore, I, I can't live like I, that. Ricky, you said something. I, Rod, I want to come to you because in a minute, but I want to say I saw a tweet the other day uh, where a 29-year-old uh, girl says, for 28 years, I've been a Democrat. Last year, I just became a Republican. She says, it's so funny that for 28 years while I was a Democrat, all my Republican friends were so patient with me. Yep. But for one year that I've been a Republican, none of my Democratic friends yep. even want to associate They're with me. They're not tolerant. It's so funny that Republicans were so tolerant with me, Democrats were not. Here's the other part, Adam. Yeah, but I got to say that's a bullshit statement. No, let, it's not me, Because I've oh, lived no, that. No, no, let, no. Me, All right, let, go ahead. let me say the other part. The other part is also the following. When you're talking about Trump and naive and all that other stuff, bro, you believed in Russia. Hoax yep. for three years with no proof. $35,000 paid by Hillary Clinton. You believed in it. And tens of millions of people believed in it because of selective hearing because you couldn't stand one guy. No, because so, of the media. So, well, but that's also a form of being naive because you chose to believe. You're a grown man. It's not like you were 17 yeah, years old. I, I, you were if you want to think, I'm the only one that was naive. But, but that's well, not the half point. Half the country that's fell the problem. for it. Half that's the country problem. Fell for That's also a problem. Just like it's half the country is the, falling for election denialism. The, the, but, but that, so they're naive. But, but, so if you want to pick naivete on the Dems, also own and look but in no, the mirror. There's a big difference, Adam. So you're no longer there's an a big individual. Difference. Let me just say this part, and then we're going to go to the only person that has all the experience here to talk about this, and it's Rod. So we're going to go to him in a minute. Here's the difference. Could they show one thing, proof, that there was anything involved with Russia? No. Zero. None. Is there proof to show that there's been fraud in elections yes. in the last six years? Yes. Was it enough to flip? Not yet and no. That's the only difference. There is proof, just not at the level to say, well, we're going to change the city or that city. There is zero proof on the Russia hoax part. Zero proof on the Russia hoax part. So it's, it's important to know... Both of these sides. I mean, look, today is a, uh, uh, is a day where Republicans can't talk a big game, but it's also a day that Democrats can't talk a big game. Neither side can talk a big game today. It's gridlock. So neither side is right, neither side is wrong, and neither side, both sides are also right and wrong. Make sense? So both sides have something to be right about and wrong about. Both sides have something to be right and wrong about. It's not like something you can sit there and brag about. But we did learn something that this Roe v. Wade issue was a real issue. Right. The only person here that has a kind of experience in a state that's been probably at the top in the country for corruption when it comes down to elections, going all the way back to the mob's involvement, Kennedy, you Kennedy know, more, more governors in your state have gone to jail than I think any other state. And you, you said earlier yourself, you went for eight years as well because of something about, you know, how you, there was a negotiation on a call in the recall. We've already talked about that on the last yeah, podcast, so I don't Obama want to be that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So so you you went and against the most powerful Democrat who was out there campaigning the last two weeks, which is Barack Obama. There's not a Democrat more powerful than right. Obama right now, right. minus the guys that are putting the money, George Soros. But as far as the voice goes, right. it's Barack Obama. How much of what you listened to Adam and Ricky going back and forth, and you were a Democratic mm. governor. It's very important for people to know that. How much credibility is there on the gamesmanship, on the manipulation, on all that stuff going behind closed doors? Look, I really appreciated that conversation. It was spirited, and it really was a microcosm of America, Adam and Yeah, 100%. And, and the, certainly emotion, the anger, the energy involved in it all kind of really highlights the divisions in our country. And I think it goes down to fundamental trust. I'm not going to belabor the point. I didn't break a law across the line or take a penny. It was a corrupt prosecution. I would have never believed it had it not happened to me. You'd think those are the good guys. They would look for the law and do the law and not make stuff up or lie or cover up evidence. Having said that, I had to go through all of that. I'm finally home. Look to the future. I believe the best thing this new Republican House can do for our country Democrats and Republicans, to restore trust is we got to have election integrity to such an extent that the American people can believe in the process. They have very real reasons not to believe in it. I don't know who won or who did. Biden was declared the winner. I don't want to relitigate all of that. But the fact is, a lot of people don't think that was a fair game. Do I believe uh, fraud exists, vote fraud and cheating in elections? I know it as a fact coming out of Chicago politics. I also know it, spending six years in Congress and hearing stories about the Democrats from Philadelphia and Detroit and other big cities. Now, do Republicans steal votes in places where they control uh, polling apparatus? I'm sure they do, it's human nature. We've gotta fix this system. The Democrats go out and run, save democracy, democracy's at stake. I think in this past election, that's projection. Let's see if they really want to save democracy. If the Republicans are willing to put their country first, pass something like guidelines to dictate to states that they got to do certain things like Florida did and Georgia did to clean up their electoral process, I think that's probably the best service that they could do for our country. And in the long run, it's going to save our democracy. I predict the Democrats will characterize it as something other than what it is, if the Republicans even do it. And you'll see gridlock because they have a... Different parties have a vested interest in how certain Rod, things are. Rod, is it fair to say the criticism Democrats give to the right is the way they manipulate elections is through gerrymandering, and that's kind of that's what they true. specialize in. Yes. And the criticism Republicans will give the left is they do election fraud, and that's kind of how they do it to win elections. So it's like, hey, if you're going to do gerrymandering, we're going to do this, but if you're going to do this, we're going to do that. Is that a fair criticism that each side gives to the other side? I think to varying degrees they're both guilty of that. Okay. I think the Republicans more so on the gerrymandering. Right. I think Democrats more so on the stealing votes. But let me tell you, Republicans in places that they control stuff and no one's looking, human nature being what it is, they're taking some votes too. It's how it is. It's sort of built into the system. It should be fixed. It must be fixed so we can trust our country and our democracy because through the hard experience I've been through, and you can think I'm full of shit and that I did the things they said I did. I didn't. They were legal, every one of them. Obama started. He came to me to make a political deal. We had conversations. He went to the White House. They threw my ass into the shit house. And I wouldn't give in. I keep fighting to this day. Because the last Senate seat, right? There was a, the there Senate was, seat, yeah. which was ultimately reversed by the appellate court. They right. can never uphold that standard because that was a political deal Obama wanted to make with me. And they put me there for fundraising. I didn't break that law either. Having said that, so I learned lessons. You can't really trust. And by the way, for some people that are not familiar, you were a star that was coming up that would have ran for presidency. Some people even looked at you as you have a very big upside, that it wasn't just about governor. 
for you. And that's kind of what was going on. And you guys are both from the same state, so yeah. there's a lot of competition there going on as well. I was the first Democrat governor in 26 years in Illinois, which is a microcosm of America. At the time, it was the fifth largest state. I think it's sixth now. Uh, we have everything in Illinois, like the United States. And um, I was sort of like the new face on the block, and there were some people that were speculating. Obama came two years later. We both knew each other in the state legislature. Um, he has great skill and talent. Life is how it is. Sometimes it doesn't go your way. Having said that, here we are looking to the future. I think this new House Republican majority, however small it might be or not as big as they had expected it was going to be, I do think that resolving the way we do elections and pushing the states to have some sort of rules that they have to follow, because we have those for federal crimes, these mandates that federal uh, laws have. Why not do it for these elections so we can have elections in other states like they had in Florida, like they have in Georgia now, because they fixed what was wrong in Florida and have now made it where people trust the system. Can I just say one thing about even my, you said the Ricky and I, the microcosm of America. What people don't see behind the scenes is when we're not on air, we're homies. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. like, yeah. We're asking 100%. about each other's lives or family or whatever. And, and that's indicative of what I think what needs to happen to America, even if we have a difference of opinion. And I'm a moderate person, whether it's politics, whether it's lifestyle, like I'm not too far left or extreme either way, okay? Americans, have, we're at this point in America today where the other side is the enemy. The other side is evil. If you voted for Donald Trump, you are a bad American. Right. If you didn't vote for a Republican, you are my enemy. And I think that is such a sad point in where we are in America today. We can disagree. We can talk shit. We can di have dialogue. and have. But at the end of the day, I would say there's a 90% of things we agree upon. Mm -hmm. We want to be healthy. We want to make money. We want to have friends. We want our family to succeed. We want our kids to grow up in a nice neighborhood. Yeah, we might disagree on when someone should have an abortion or should you should have a certain type of gun or not. The, or how much immigration should impact America. These are very minor nuances that we will disagree upon. But 90% of the time, you're going to agree. So what you need to do is, like, Thanksgiving's coming up. You know, you see T-shirts coming along, like, make sure you get in a fight with your family member on Thanksgiving. It'll save you money on Christmas, right? You don't have to give your family Christmas gifts. Ha, ha, ha. But let's not forget... Who the real enemy is? I America think people today. know that, though. I think people know the fact. If they watch our audience, they know how you guys are buddies and we're, we have relationships. You know, but how there's seven thousand, eight thousand people. They might not know that. Yeah, but the point is, like, if if and by the way, shout out to Scott Rodriguez, member four months. He said something which is interesting. This is so sad, but I knew nothing would change, and Joe Rogan would be wrong. My mother is a Cuban Catholic and against abortion, but was against. Roe v. Wade. She still voted Republican, but wasn't happy about the abortion issue. Yep. That's an issue 100%. right there, right? Yeah. I, I want to kind of go to a couple of these guys can, on what they said. Can I finish what I was saying about who let, the real enemy is? This up. I, want, I want to come to okay. you here. Uh, Alibaba's new member. We have a, a, a rock and roll CEO, new member. There's a, a, a guy that just gave a super chat, and he made a point. I want to ask you guys, but if you want to wrap up your point here, because we got so Ultimately, many Ultimately, all I'm trying to say is this. The other side of the aisle is not your enemy. No. Okay? No. No one in America, I'm not talking, yeah, there might be some fringe person on the left and the right that you probably have made yeah. disagreements with. But let's not forget, China's still coming. By 2025, China by 2030, that's the enemy. That's, the that's enemy. who we're competing against. Let's not forget that. Some, sometimes, sometimes uh, uh, Adam, uh, Alexander the Great's quote, till today, 
When I started the insurance company, day one, September 23rd, 09, I had a meeting till 4 o'clock in the morning in our office, 8550 Balboa Boulevard. And I sat down with seven people that we started the insurance company with. And I said, two of you guys will flip and will turn against the company. All of you guys are excited right now, but two of you guys are going to flip. And it's going to happen within three to six months. Within three to six months, two flipped against us. One was at a run that we were doing a charity run that we took 200 people to participate for this uh, charity run that we did. And another one flipped because a husband and wife went through a divorce. It was very obvious. I said, Alexander the Great's quote applies to every aspect of life. This is a thing I tell my kids. I have met the enemy. It is I. Okay. Mm. People will try to divide internally America. If America was a human being, America has met, met the enemy. It is I. It is us. It is us now realizing that people within can be bought, can be sold, are for sale. It's very, very hard to find people that you cannot buy them. It's very, very hard to find people that cannot be bought. You know the saying, everybody has a price tag? I don't believe everybody has a price tag. I don't think everybody. If a person offered right now to buy value Timmy for a billion dollars, you think I'd sell value Timmy right now for a billion dollars? You think I would sell 100% of my content, 100% of the podcast, 100% of everything, and have no control over it? You think we would sell it today? What do you think? No, I don't think you. A, because you don't need the money, and A, you appreciate having a voice. And I think that you are one of the select few people that can't be bought. But I think it should be said, most people can be bought, not all. You're right. So, so the point is, those people that can't be bought today, they need to get a little louder and get a little bit more involved because we need those guys to rise up. Yesterday, I had a girl that was interviewing me here. Her name is Leah. I, I don't know her last name. So Leah was interviewing me here. She's talking about what do you think is going to happen with America, you know, with all these challenges we're facing and, you know, economic uh, world, economic forum, Klaus Schwab, all those conversations, right? I said, you're waking up to true, strong men and women behind closed doors that were just chilling. You just woke them up. That's all you did. And those people are waking up. And Elon Musk, if we were to ask Elon Musk 10 years ago, mm-hmm. five years ago, is it in your business plan to buy Twitter one day? What do you think he would say? No, probably not. Zero. Yeah. What caused him to buy Twitter? What happened the last two and a half years during Cancellations. COVID? COVID got people to say, listen, man, I'm willing to go here and tolerate some shit. I'm not good. You crossed the line with me. Mm-hmm. You're telling me what to do with my kids. You're telling me what to do with my this. The same mothers and women that are anti-abortion, Roe v. Wade, all of that, you have to also realize we forget are the same mothers that were against CRT, are the same mothers that are against trans. You guys know, uh, 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 what's his name? The, the pr- yeah. Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, is the first person to go on a trans show as a world leader. That's becoming a normal thing. Some parents are like, I'm not having that. You know, I'm not having you talking about this stuff in my school. I'm not having a congresswoman the other day, the other day said, what's wrong with trans oh, people yeah. being out of mm-hmm. school? They're a lot more fun than regular people. I love hanging out. Who doesn't love to hang out with trans people? Those are the types of things that parents are going to say, dude, let's, let's just pump the brakes right there. So I'm with you. But I want to I uh, read this. Uh, I want to read this super chat that just came in, and I want to get your feedback. Gabriel Sanchez. We have to also remember... Donald Trump does not have the voice he had with Twitter. Also, the Dems are target marketing Gen Z. Do you think if Trump was on Twitter the last six months, it would have made any difference on what happened last night? No. Any one of you? You're I saying think it would have no. got worse. Okay, Tyler's saying no. So all of you, you're saying no as well, or do you think he would have been able to influence some of it? I, I don't know, but I, I would say this real quick. Maybe at the end of this, I could just pick my case on why I wouldn't write Donald Trump off yet. I think he's uh, very much still the front runner to be the Republican nominee. We can talk about that a, a little bit. DeSantis was a big winner. He has presidential aspirations. I think it's obvious. But I, I, I have to say that uh, 
one thing about Donald Trump is he's been written off many times and he always comes back. And when that Billy Bush tape came out and mm-hmm. during the race with Hillary and the whole Republican establishment started abandoning their nominee and were urging him to get out of the race, who'd have thought he would have endured and survived and overcome that? So it's a very different day in politics today. My hope for President Trump, I have a bias, of course. I'm grateful for what he did for me. Um, and I think he's really led our country in many ways in, in, in a positive direction. I think it's part of this alignment, realignment, that's appealing to Latino voters and black men and all the rest joining the Republican Party. I think President Trump has reached out to a different voting block and group to try to broaden the Republican Party and recognize the demographic shifts in our country. I'd like to see him become more the uniter. And I don't know that he has that in him. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. You're Chicago. So, yeah. so Chicago, you know who's the greatest basketball player of all time. His right. picture is right there. Yep. Okay, Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time, right? You believe that? I do, and I had dinner with him once. It was fantastic. So you put him as the cream of the crop. Number people. one. Is it fair to say we all believe the same yes. thing? He's yes. the greatest yes. of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair Michael enough. Jordan over LeBron James any 100%. day of the week. So let me ask There's you. no Jordan deniers here, right? Yeah. No, no Jordan But here's a question, though. Well, here's a question, though. Here's a question. Be Michael Jordan for a second, Okay. The, the saying has been, he's the Jordan of dot, dot, dot. And that's been the case for 25 years, okay? That label, the name, if you were to say how many times people said he's the Jordan of dot, 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 the number's going to be in the billions. It's, yeah. We're using it regularly, right? Brady doesn't have that. Nobody says Gretzky. Nobody says Willie Mays. Nobody says Babe Ruth. Everybody says the MJ, the Jordan. Okay. Do you think Jordan deep down inside is a little bit threatened about LeBron passing him up. You think Jordan, a little bit inside, is not happy about the fact that if LeBron passes 40,000 points, you know, if he wins one more chip, gets five, do you think the market's going to start saying, listen, and I think that guy, do you think he's threatened by it at all? No. You're saying zero. I'm saying no. You're saying zero or no? I'm saying he's not threatened. Okay. MJ has what the would number you one mantle. What would you say, Rod? What would you say? I would say yes. I would say he's yes. He's incredibly well. competitive. I think he's inc- incredibly so competitive, yes. right? Like the comment about, hey, what do you think about this kid, Kobe Bryant, the way he's guarding you? Well, he stole all my moves. Like <laughs> right. that's still a dig, right? He right. stole all my that's moves. That's what that guy, says about DeSantis. Right. So, right. So, so that's the part where for me, you know, uh, uh, the comment he made, you know, Trump just made a comment. He said what? You know, uh, uh, this, this sanctimonious, right? He says Trump mocks Governor DeSantis as Ron the sanctimonious at... Pennsylvania rally, how do you think Trump is feeling last night? Going to sleep, not even going to sleep. He's up all night last night because Marjorie Greene, Kerry Lake, all these guys, he's making phone calls, he's doing speeches, he's doing all this stuff. How do you think he feels that no matter what he looks, what he reads, everyone's talking about DeSantis? Knowing him as a true competitor, that he has to come into a room and everybody stops for him, how do you think he feels knowing DeSantis is now the superstar of the right? Like Michael Jordan and LeBron James, just like that. Uh, and Trump is a tremendous competitor, and the presidential race is a marathon, not a sprint. And DeSantis looks really good right now. Um, Trump didn't have the best possible night. On the other hand, some of his candidates still won. J.D. Vance won very well. Right. I still think Kerry Lake is going to win. By the way, Arizona. nobody thought that was going to be happening. J.D. Vance wasn't like it was going to be a slam dunk win. And, you and know, go yes. take a look. Yeah. He was outspent four to one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so it's, you still think Kerry Lake's going to win? I do, and I, and I, I still think uh, put your money on Trump to be the Republican nominee. You can have a lot of candidates in that race. DeSantis is very compelling, but he's LeBron James to, Michael, to, to Trump's Michael Jordan among the Republican voters. And when you have a split vote like that, 35% of the loyal, diehard Trump voters are going to carry Trump to victory in most of those primaries. 
But by the way, if you're watching this podcast, we, we can fit 300 people here. We're going to do a live podcast with people being able to come here live. But we're going to do it when we cross 500,000 subs. If you're enjoying this format, the set, and what we're doing, give us a sub, click on the notification, and give us a thumbs up. Do you agree with Roger said Adam? About uh, Trump being the About Trump runner. and DeSantis, the fact that, you know, uh, uh, DeSantis well, is LeBron, Trump is listen, Jordan, in this kind of an argument. Clearly, Trump is threatened by DeSantis. Clearly, Trump views himself as, you know, the holy of all holies. Um, To use the Michael Jordan-LeBron analogy, right, the reason that I don't think LeBron will ever be on Michael Jordan's level is because at the end of the day, what do you judge people on? Championships. Bill Russell is one of the greatest players ever because he has 11 championships, okay? MJ was 6-0 in the finals, What's LeBron's record? Like, I don't even know if it's 500, to be four honest with you. Four and five, four and... Exactly. Yeah. He's missed the playoffs. Yeah. So, just on that basis, you have someone who's 6-0, and oh, has never lost in the finals, and you have someone who's obviously an amazing player, probably will go down as number two of all time, but is not even batting 500 in the finals. So, to use the Trump analogy, um, Trump, I think, is more of a LeBron than an MJ, because... What's Trump's record over the last eight years, one six one. years? One and one. You, you want to say one and one in presidential elections. Yeah, presidential elections. But when it comes to midterms, he lost in 2018. He lost in 2020. And now he technically lost in 2022. So my question is, since 2016, as far as elections go, when's the last time Trump won? I will, I will say this. Do you, think, do you think if Kerry Lake wins, it's a win for Trump? By the way, it's real tight. I know. That's what I'm saying. If, if Kerry Lake, to me, if, if, is Marjorie Green, is that over with or no? Yeah, oh, yeah. She blew it out. So Okay, she so that's a, that's a Trump, and that's the biggest Trumpster who, by the way, she just said the following yesterday. I don't know if you read this yeah. or not. Yeah. She said uh, Marjorie Green Taylor asks DeSantis not to run in 2024. We need Trump. This is what she just said, her words. And, you know, what we need in this country is uh, we need strong Republican governors like Ron DeSantis. We need strong Republican governors to fight, stay in the eight years and save their states, not to abandon their states and try to run for president or any other big position. Green said about Trump and DeSantis as him being the clear nominee for 2024. My message is for everyone, anyone that's considering running for president in 2024 against President Trump, please support Trump. Because we need him back in a White House green set. Okay, I have so, a question. Do no, you but, think but, Ron DeSantis gives two shits let me, what let me, Marjorie let me, Taylor Greene says? Let me ask my question and then we go there. Sure. If she won, Oz is his candidate. He lost. If Kerry Lake wins, I give Trump a W. Yep. If Lake loses and Marjorie Green wins and Oz loses, I give Trump an L. But if Kerry ends up winning, did you hear what she said to the media yesterday? She's being, do you have this clip, what she said to the media, where she's like, I think I send it to you. If you look up your text, I send it to you about, she's talking to the media, and they ask her a question. If you guys haven't seen this, the way she answers it, with the level of certainty, uh, I'm going to text it to you. I'm going to text it to you right here and just pull it up. Uh, uh, You have to see how she talks. She's intimidating, yet respectful. So, So that's the part. She's intimidating, yet respectful. Tyler, I just texted it to you, if you can pull this up. If you were to even say how she communicates, I don't put her as communicating like Trump. I see Carrie Lake communicating more like DeSantis than like Trump. Yes. I don't see her communicating like Trump. Watch this, watch this exchange right here. Um, 
Watch what she says. If you can make this bigger and put the audio up, watch this. Just, just make the screen bigger so everybody can see it as well. There you go. And then press play. Go for it. Carrie, who are you? Chris Bankley from CBS News. I want to just follow up on this question, if I may. If Donald Trump announces, as expected, to be president and you win the governorship of Arizona, you're likely to be talked about as a VP candidate. Will you, Watch do you this. plan to serve Watch your entire term in Arizona, or are you open to being the VP? Are you new covering this race? Because we've talked about this before. We've talked about this. I've asked you this question. I am going to not only be the governor of Arizona for four years, I'm going to do two terms. I'm going to be your worst freaking nightmare for eight years. And we will reform the media as well. We're going to make you guys into journalists again. So get ready. It's going to be a fun eight years. I can't wait to be working with you guys. Okay, pause it right there. Do you, she doesn't talk like Trump. She talks, talks like DeSantis. Everything was respectful. Everything was called them out, called out their BS. Every reporter that talks to her, she stops and says, say your name and who you're with. Say your name and who you're with. Say your name and who you're with. The level of accountability she's imposing on the media to no longer play games, people like that. If she wins, that is a W for Trump. Yeah. If she loses, you're right. Do you know her former career? Yeah, she's a yeah, journalist. She worked with Tom Zenner for many, many years. Oh, really? So she's yeah. a journalist. She, she, gets, she gets it, is my point. She knows how to. And by the way, what better, be that person, what better person as a candidate to yeah. get in there than somebody that understands their world and their level of accountability? That's kind of like, yeah, imagine like a Tucker or a Maddow running. That's an annoying candidate to run because mm-hmm. they know how to play the game towards the moderator because they've been in that seat that played yeah. the other side of the game. So if she wins, I do think it's a W for Trump, and a lot of the people on the left are not going to be happy if Lake wins. It's a big if, yeah. but if she wins. Yeah, and the, I think it's very close right now. Tyler, know, what is it, 50-49 right 49. now? 49.7 to 50-51. I get that, but you're dealing with Arizona, Ricky. Yeah, you're you're right. not dealing yeah, you're with right. Florida. You're, right. you're not dealing with Texas. It's yeah. Arizona. Hang on. I, I think you have to look at – you have to compare Florida to Arizona. Okay, Ron DeSantis is not a Trump guy, and he kicked the snot out of Charlie Crist. He won by a million and a half votes in Florida, a state that he won by less than a percentage point in 2016. Trump is getting his ass kicked. The American people are sick and tired of Donald Trump. Tyler, stop. Okay. T- but I, it's, but it's that's even, coming even, from Tyler. Hey, hang on. Let, even if Donald January 6th. Yeah, you guys are so funny right now. Even Kerry. if Kerry Lake wins. You're saying if. We're day can after. You're my, saying if. So the only Trump a, candidate that won is J.D. Vance. Brother, j- just like take a breather and hear me out. <laughs> It, just hear me out, Tyler. Okay, hear me out. How close was DeSantis's victory four years ago? It was it was a percentage point. Can you actually pull it up to see by how many votes he won, DeSantis, when he won? Very close. Okay, so I actually want you to kind of you sometimes right we forget about history on right. what happens with history. So pull it up and see how close the race was. I, I want to see the number of votes. Damn. I said 35,000. I was right. Yeah. By less than 35,000 votes, he won. So watch this. Watch this. He won by 35,000 votes. It's like a rookie player coming into the NBA being judged on how they're going to do. Just a year ago, nobody knows Kerry Lake. The only people that know Kerry Lake are people in Arizona. In one year, boom, it's as if she showed up out of nowhere. And she's averaging 22 points a game in a rookie year. Oh, I don't think she's got what it takes to be an all-star and all this other stuff. She's a rookie. If she wins and plays like that, she could be the second Ron DeSantis. Now you got a DeSantis on Arizona, and you got a DeSantis-esque in Florida. Holy shit, a super team's being put together. So let's not forget, this is the first time she's running. You cannot judge a person running. And by the way, what did Ron do before he ran for office? 
What uh, did Ron do before he, he won governor? He was a congressman. Yeah. Yeah. Like in 6th District, I think yeah. something like that, Florida 6th District. Daytona. So he went from a Congress Daytona 6th District to governor, winning barely by 35. Nobody thought he was going to win this one. And then he wins. So if Lake wins, Lake has a very big upside, and she will be very annoying. Let me even make a, 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 a prediction here to you. Maybe even more annoying to the left than DeSantis. I don't disagree. Maybe even more annoying to the left than DeSantis. And I don't think, look, let me, let me kind of give this other um, distinction for you. And then you and Adam can come at me and tell me you agree with me or disagree with me. Okay. When it comes down to shows, okay, when it comes down to shows, who was our, you know, who was the most famous first African-American president? What's his name? Obama. Obama. Who did he just launch a podcast with two, po- podcast with two years ago? Who? What happened to their podcast with Spotify? Why did they not renew the Spotify? Why did they not re- This is Obama and Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, streets of Philadelphia. Because they didn't get the votes called Be- listeners. Because you are not meant to run a podcast at that level. You're not. Some people are great co-hosts. Some people are good hosts. Some people can do show all by themselves and rock the freaking house with no guests and get eyeballs. Very few people can do that. We learned Obama and Bruce Springsteen are not interesting. They need a host. First Take has a host in the middle. What's her name? Mar- Marla. Mar- uh, what's the girl that does First Take? She's in a She's a fantastic host, by yeah. the way, that she's doing what she's doing. There are very few people that can run as a one. Kerry is a person that can be a superstar on a team. Westbrook cannot win as a one. Okay, Durant had to go to Golden State to win, and even there he wasn't a one. Steph Curry was a one. Kerry Lake is a one type of a personality, okay? And we're just learning about this girl. She's very interesting. She's very intimidating. She's very firm, yet respectful. Did you see the other day when she walks up, the journalist is like, hey, Kerry, can we do a few questions with you from CNN Plus? Have you seen this one or not? Did we ever show it on the podcast or no? I don't think we've ever shown this on the podcast. Uh, If you can't find it, do me a favor and find this clip here. You have to see. The lady says, hey, Kerry, we'd love to do a... uh, we love to do a, have you seen this one or no? Oh, my God. I wish you could find this just to show this. Oh, here you go. I found it for you. I'm going to share it with you here. Folks, you got to see this. And she's funny. That's the part. She's funny. She's sarcastically funny. You just got the link if you can pull it up. She's sarcastically funny. She's walking up, and this lady comes up to her, this uh, lady with CNN. And she says, hey, uh, 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 Carrie, We'd love to do an interview with you. We just got a couple questions for you. And then she says, oh, who are you with? She says, I'm with CNN. Oh, okay, great. And then look what she tells her. Just zoom in a little bit and raise the audio. Eric, if we can raise the audio on this one. Press play. Hi, Yuri. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you. You don't have a mask on anymore. What's going on? We're outside. Do you have a minute to chat? Well, we're six feet apart. Do you have a minute to chat? I'll do an interview. Okay. As long as it airs on CNN+. Does that still exist? I didn't think so, because the people don't like what you guys are peddling, which is propaganda. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That is a superstar witty. You cannot teach that. Can you see Fetterman doing that? Can you see Oz doing that? Can you see uh, Beto doing that? Can you see even Abbott doing that? You can't see them doing that. She can do that. DeSantis can do that. She can do that. Obama can do that. There's only a few people that can do that. Hillary Clinton cannot do that. Michelle Obama cannot do that. She can do that. This is a star in the making. If she wins, uh, they can take a couple different L's. Sometimes in life, you're going to lose a, a 
person. You want it as a linebacker. You're going to lose this point. But you picked up Joe Burrow. You picked up a superstar. This is a superstar in the making. Okay, but Again, if she does that, go so, ahead. So you're saying Carrie Lake is a superstar in the making. I agree with that. How is that a win for Trump? Carrie, Carrie Lake won because she's a superstar. Because he endorsed her. Okay, but he also he did that. For, he did that for Blake Masters. He's uh, Lisa Murkowski in Alaska is about to pull out. If you if you go yeah, down the ballot, talking, Tyler, Trump back candidates are not going to win. But you're talking about districts versus states. They're, Wait, what did what did he just say? What was your argument right now? You said what? Carrie Carrie Lake is going to win if she wins because she's a superstar. If she wins, not yeah. because of Donald Trump. I, that's not. Okay. I never said that though. But 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 you're saying if Carrie Lake wins, win. it's a W for Trump. I do think you know why. It's though? not a W. For, I do think though. Let me tell you why though. Let me tell you why though. Here's why. He said something in a very subtle way that nobody here is talking about. Okay, how DeSantis had Trump come and say a few words to get that additional thirty-five thousand votes. If Trump doesn't come out and say that about DeSantis, does DeSantis win in twenty sixteen? Yes. 2016? yes. Uh, not twenty sixteen. Twenty uh, whatever. Twenty eighteen. Does DeSantis win? Be straight up. Don't be emotional here. I, I don't know. That's tough. But possibly not. I don't know. It's Are tight. you kidding me? It's, it's 2018 at the peak of Trump with credibility. Market's killing it. Unemployment. Everything is rocking. African-American minimum wage. Everybody's doing very well. You, you mean to tell me if Trump at that time doesn't come and say anything, DeSantis wins? Well, you think 33,000 votes DeSantis is going to win without Trump There was a lot of stuff breaking with Andrew Gillum. All I'm saying to you is... If Trump doesn't give that endorsement, that, that probably got him that additional 150,000 votes he needed. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Fair. Let's put that there. 80%. Without Trump, he doesn't win. Fine. Now, everybody that's coming up, they need somebody to say, I give this guy a check. Go ahead and get him. Pick him up. He's going to be good. In sports, guys will uh, call a, a coach from high school and say, is this guy going to be a good player for us to draft or not? Okay. So he did that. Then DeSantis went away from being in the shadow of Trump, and he became what? Is he in Trump's shadow today? No, he's, he's, he's a super he's not. But at that point, they made it seem like he was. He flourished into being somebody that's got his own identity now, and he's doing great for himself. Carrie Lake today, just last week, she said, uh, my husband's my second favorite person. My favorite person in the world is who? Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah. That is a victory for Trump if she wins. But I think after she wins... She can spread her wings and get as big as DeSantis on her own identity. I think that's what she can do. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, an analogy, sports analogy. Sure. I think Trump feels, and I think he's going to make the case. He's already started doing it. He, he it was interviewed on News Nation. He talked about DeSantis being an ungrateful. And I think Trump, and you get that statement from Marjorie Taylor Greene, urging him not to run. These Trump people are going to be pressing DeSantis to remember who made you. And I think the analogy if you're looking for one with Michael Jordan, is Scottie Pippen. And I think Trump would be to Jordan what uh, uh, Pippen is to DeSantis. And uh, Pippen would not have become the great player that he became had Jordan not made him that great player and give him the wherewithal to be the player that he is. And I think without Trump four years ago, DeSantis is not in the place he's in today. And I, I, I commend I'll DeSantis. I'll disagree with that one. I'll disagree with that okay. one. Okay. I'll I, tell you why. I'll oh, tell you why. Go, go ahead. And, and, and the, the reason for it is because Scott was, uh, Scotty was under Jordan's uh, uh, wings. Every day they were together. Jordan was shaping his mindset. Trump and DeSantis are not kicking it every day. They're not having dinner together. Right. DeSantis is not a product of Trump. DeSantis is a Navy SEAL, you know, uh, 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 came, a not a Navy man. SEAL. He's a commander of a Navy SEAL unit and Congress and governor. He needed Trump's help at the time because in 2018, Trump was the voice of the Republican Party. I think DeSantis is his own man, 
and I think he's making a... The other day, Dinesh was like, I think he's got to go as a vice president. I think DeSantis is sitting this morning, waking up with his... And he's probably had the meeting last night at 2 o'clock in the morning in their mm-hmm. hotel room. And they're sitting there saying, what do you think his people are saying around them? You know what they're saying? I, here's what I'd be saying if I'm next to him. I'm going to say, hey, uh, how's it feel knowing you're the next president of the United States? Right. Oh, there's no question. How's it feel knowing you're the next president of the United yes. States? That's what people said to him last night in his suite. His wife went to sleep. If they had a good time together last night, she called him president. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mr. President. Who's your president? Who's, no, who's your president? Who's your president? You, honey. You, honey. Because he oh is on pace for being that. And he earns the right to have that thing being said to him behind closed doors. The guy shows poise. I don't know if you guys saw his energy yesterday. If you haven't seen it, just go watch the way he spoke. Okay? His wife overcoming cancer, personal life, no excuses, showed up. He's got the right first uh, 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 lady as a wife himself, the way his wife speaks. Like, you guys remember how uh, Obama would say, listen, my secret weapon is Michelle. When Michelle Obama comes and speaks, I win. Mm -hmm. DeSantis has the right first lady to go do that with. And and I think they're going to have a big upset. But I don't see him as a Scotty. I see him as his own man. I want to give some advice to my Republican friends out there. Guys, uh, mute. The, can we mute yes. uh, Adam for the next two minutes? If, Go ahead. If you want to win <laughs> in 2024, which yeah. I assume that's what you want to do, Go ahead and nominate Ron Don't DeSantis you want us to, win? to be your president. You Don't will win the White House. Don't you want us to win? Yeah, sure. If you, if you nominate Ron DeSantis. You can tear can this your, down. Let question? me make my goddamn point, Ricky, and then you can spew your nonsense. Okay. <laughs> if you want to win in 2024, go ahead and nominate Ron DeSantis. You will walk away with the White House. You will likely win both houses. That's my prediction. If you want to shoot yourself in the foot and you want to play the 2016 remix, we've all seen that movie, and you want to lose by a narrow margin and do the whole January 6th insurrection thing again, go ahead and nominate Donald Trump again. Do you want to lose or do you want to win? The choice is yours. That's your opinion. Okay? And, and double down on that, Ricky, and when I bet you $1,000 again that you still won't pay me in 2024, <laughs> I'm going to come for double that, Okay. I'm giving advice to my friends. You will win in 2024 if you pick a DeSantis. You will lose. I don't even know who's running on the Democratic side. You will lose with the Donald Trump. He's a toxic candidate. DeSantis is your guy, but you probably won't nominate him because you're in love with Donald Trump. Good luck. Did, he want to res- did you want to respond to that, Ricky? I just... I, I just yeah. Go ahead. Tell me why you don't want to win. Explain to me why you want to lose. Go, I Ricky. Think, I just can, think... I can, just, we, can we go to the next issue? Yeah, Here, we think... Yeah, here's, we here's what I want to talk about. Check this out. The podcast has been going on. We got roughly 9,000 people on right now. We're 1,100 away from hitting 10,000. Guys, share the podcast with others because we're about to go to uh, uh, next few topics here. We've been talking for about an hour and 40 minutes. You know what's the one thing no one's talked about mm-hmm. that matters the most? Not one person has brought up the economy yet an hour and 40 minutes. Okay. So here's a part that no one is talking about. And I said this three weeks ago on the podcast. Here's what I said. When Biden went, Biden went into our oil reserve and we saw gas prices dropping and nobody was bitching about gas prices. And that took place. When that happened, that affected votes. Watch how gas prices are going to go back up. The deal with Saudi, the deal with them, stop using our own reserve. You're going to see gas prices go back up. Inflation, Wall Street Journal came out uh, talking about the fact that 
if you can pull up this article, Wall Street Journal talking about the fact that we're going to go to 6%. Some investors are afraid that we're about to go to a two-decade high in the next month that you can see this article, article right here. If you zoom in a little bit, some investors bet Fed could lift rates to two-decade high. Now they're talking about this. We haven't had a point hike. We've had three-quarters of a basis point hike. What if they do a point hike in the month of December? What if they do? They could do it. Maybe they're going to go. They're probably going to do a half or three-quarters of a point. But maybe they could do point Half is locked into Talk the about prices. great timing. If gas prices all of a sudden go like this in the next week to the roof, just know it was perfect timing strategy from Biden for the left to know that the gas prices being lower got the average voter to say, I'm cool. It's not as high as it used to be. What happened with Dow this last two weeks, three weeks? Dow's at what right now? 34, 35. A lot of people knew the Republicans were about to win the House. So the Republicans winning the House, the, the people are like, listen, I'm cool. I'm not going to be doing anything with it. Dow had a 500-point day. How is Dow doing right now, by the way? I'm curious to know how it's it opened up. up. 300 points. It's up 300 points. S&P up 22. There you go. You know what the market NASDAQ is saying? Up. Dow's at 33 Dow. Just a month and a half ago, two months ago, Dow hit 28 Dow, 28.5. And it's at 33 Dow. When this thing goes up the way it has, it helps the midterms. The economy in the last four to six weeks helped the midterms a lot, the economy, in the last four to six weeks. Now, when we hear about what's going on with uh, home value losing a trillion and a half dollars of equity in the last five months, this hasn't yet hit in 2023. It's going to be very interesting what happens to the market now that there is no gaming the system or the economy. Meaning, you're about to really find out what our economy is like the next three to six months. So some of it in the last three months could have been fake. Mm -hmm. Some of it in the last six weeks could have been fake. There is no reason to game the economy the next six months. Meaning, if shit hits the fan with the economy the next six months, what's Biden going to say? Well, you know, this is because the House won and this is because there's so many things to blame. But whatever happens to the economy the next six months is the real economy. No gamesmanship on both sides. It's going to be very, very interesting. Tom, I want to go to you here with all these things that we're looking at right now. What do you think is going to happen with the economy? You're seeing the same stats I'm seeing. What do you think is going to happen to the economy post-midterm elections? I think you're exactly right. I think the first thing that's going to happen is the shoe, the other shoe is going to drop on gas prices because the manipulation with the strategic petroleum reserve stops. Because remember, he can only do that once, and then they have to backfill the petroleum reserve. It's not like some magic genie fills it up at night. You have to go back and fill it up again so you can use it again. It's like a savings account of oil for when the you know, United States is in trouble. That's, I think, what people should look at that. SPR, when you hear that, and you don't have that trick to make the prices go. So I think gas is going up, number one. And there, hear me now and hear me clearly. There may be gridlock in Washington. They may not be getting anything done or maybe no change. But I'll tell you where there is still going to be change, and that is at the grocery store because the prices are continuing yep. to go up. Yep. And so there may be gridlock in Washington, but there's not going to be gridlock in their wallets and their purses or their credit cards because the price is still going up. Prices are going up. The market is still reacting to values of, you know, accelerated assets, and these assets went up in value because we printed money. So the average person needs to look at it and say, the stock market is going up for reasons that are more related to what we did printing money and less related to the health of the economy. Because when they look at their wallets, they go to the grocery store, they go to get a haircut, they go to the thing, the prices are going up. 
and I do not think it's going to be a happy fourth quarter. If you were taking a look between the lines at the uh, election, you were seeing there were polls out there that were saying people were actually going to take Thanksgiving off. Did anybody see some of this? That they weren't going to spend as much on the big meal and they maybe weren't going to travel to a, a, a family member if it required air travel or some real using gas, traveling five miles, is that they might take Thanksgiving off compared to the way they would spend in other years. Friends, that's two weeks from now. So I think we're going to see a shoe drop on gas prices. I think we're already hearing whispers about hurting Americans that are going to modify their Thanksgiving plans. It's supposed to be a time of Thanksgiving, getting the family together. You know, and remember, Thanksgiving's a neutral holiday. It's not Hanukkah the first part of December and Christmas the last half of December and then Festivus for the rest of us at some other point of December. It's, <laughs> you know it's a it's good podcast when you get a Festivus reference. Thanksgiving is supposed to be all of us taking a break and then spending what we don't have on Black Friday. But you know, I, I have a question I, I think for that's you, what's going on, Pat. I, I, think, I think things are, are right around the corner from real and really bad. And I think people are going to sit back and go, well, wait a minute. Now what? Now what does the news media talk about now that this mini-series called the Midterm Elections is over? Mm -hmm. Tom, question for you, and Pat as well, as business guys. Uh, Odds, everything's about odds. What are the odds that over the next two years that the economy goes up, stays flat, or goes down? What do you think the odds are? We haven't reached bottom yet. I'd love to know what other people think. And I mean, what do you think? Do you follow these things now as closely as you did when you were governor where economic statistics could move your constituents and be a great concern? What are your thoughts? No, I think everything you just said is right. I think exactly the manipulation of the uh, strategic petroleum reserve was clearly for this election cycle. And I think that it was artificial. And I think we have a real energy problem and a shortage. And I think we're going to see gas prices go up. I think the economy will continue to be a problem. I think what you guys are talking about, increase in uh, interest rates, all of those things are going to be sort of like how it was in the late 70s when Jimmy Carter was the president. And that's why whoever wins that Republican nomination in 2024, I know we talked about the economy this time around, but if this continues to get worse and not better, I think it's going to be a change election in 2024, and the Republicans whoever their candidate is, I think we'll have a real good chance to win. Now, if the economy improves, it's a very different story. But I'm betting that what you just said is likely to happen. I don't think we've seen the bottom yet. I, so before I, we can talk about what are the odds of it getting better, I don't think we've seen the bottom. First, you have to call the bottom. The late Mark Haynes called the bottom magnificently in 2009 on CNBC's Squawk on the Street, and he was the first financial reporter to do so, and he was dead on. He said, this is it, this is it, this is it, I'm calling bottom. And I I don't think we're there yet. And I'm waiting for a voice to do that. But I don't think it's going to be this year, and I don't think it's going to be first quarter. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, again, everything is we will see. Nobody knows. But if gas prices go up, guess what? Tapping into the reserves to get the average American who's not feeling the pain of gas was an effective strategy by Biden's administration, especially knowing This is the lowest level of approval rating by president since Truman, not even Carter, by the way. It's lower than Carter. It's at Truman levels. So if the the gas prices goes up, you'll see it. Interest rates are going to go up. Mortgage prices are going to go down. Unemployment hasn't even been hit yet. We still have to see those things taking place. I think 2023 is going to be a rude awakening when it comes down to the economy. We still haven't gone through. But again, we will see. I want to show this chart here on where billionaires were putting their monies at. Okay, if you can zoom into this picture. 
so we can look at because at the end of the day, $880 million were put in different packs by these billionaires. If you look at Soros, $129 million went into, go a little lower so we can see exactly what it's, oh, I see it over here. Hang on one second so I'm with you because I the can't see it on mine. Yeah, in uh, Democracy Pack 2, okay, you got Sam uh, Bankman-Fried. Uh, he's the guy of uh, FTX. That's FTX. He's the guy right that there. lost all the money. He wanted to give all his money to the Democrats. $39 million went into a few different things. Protect Our Future Pack, Color of Change Pack. Uh, not Color of Change Pack. It was mainly that. And then House Majority Pack, GMI Pack. Elizabeth and Richard uh, Olhein gave a lot of it to Club for Growth Action, some to Restoration Pack, Wisconsin Truth Pack. And then he also put some money into, what's the last one there? I can't see the last one. It goes into others. Ken Griffin, $66 million. Jeffrey Ass, 48. Steven Schwartzman, 38, uh, $33 million into Congressional Leadership Fund. He put into Senate Leadership Fund. He put in American Leadership Action, and he put some of it in others. And then you had Peter Thiel put $30 million into Protect Ohio Values Pack. Uh, and then he put into Saving Arizona Pack. Okay, obviously he was betting on you know, Oz and uh, uh, Lake. No, uh, J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance, that's right, Blake that's right. Masters. J.D. Vance and, uh, that's right, Oz is uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Vance is Ohio, which paid off. And then, so a lot of billionaires are getting involved. The question becomes the following. Is this a good thing or a bad thing, and will this ever stop? Like, it, you know, for somebody that ran, do you think we can ever, you know, prevent these guys from getting involved? And if we did, how different would the election be? I think it's a bad thing, and I have uh, unclean hands on this. Ken Griffin gave me money when I ran for governor. Um, Pritzker, the current governor who worked for me, gave money to my campaign when I ran for governor, uh, and then after I had won. Um, and Pritzker, being the heir to the high hotel fortune, has spent tens of millions of his own money to win re-election the first time, $175 million. I don't know what he spent this time, probably more, to win re-election. Um, and so I think, look, the Republicans spent more than $4 billion in this election cycle. $4 billion. The Democrats, just about $4 billion. This is, in, this, this is obscene and I think really a problem for our democracy. What's the solution? People don't like it. And this sounds like a Bernie Sanders kind of approach. But I feel like you should limit the amount of money that candidates can spend in campaigns. I think the, the broadcasting media should give free advertising to candidates. You've got to figure out who's a credible candidate or not. There's got to be some sort of fair way to do that. And I think the taxpayers might have a vested interest in public financing of campaigns and mm -hmm. take the money out of it. I think um, what you're referring to is obviously campaign finance reform. Yep. What was it in 2010 that was the Supreme Court ruling for Citizens United? 2014, I know that case real well because that's yeah. why I went to prison and things like that. Exactly. They call it a first amendment I think that's been a disaster right. for campaign and, and, and big money in politics right. and where you can basically buy elections. And we've seen here by that chart, right. I don't know if we can pull it up, it's on the left and the right. People right. are giving millions and millions and billions of dollars. And, I mean, whether you're a Bernie Sanders guy or not, uh, or an AOC person or not, or a Marjorie Taylor Greene or not, they're getting money by individual donors rather than big, you know, ridiculous billionaires that can just basically influence and buy elections. I think that Citizens United decision by the Supreme Court has had a very negative impact on America. Thank you, Ed. I'm glad you said that. I got to add another thing, though. I thought this at first was a good thing. It's a bad thing. When Obama was going crazy in a positive way and was setting the world on fire back in 2008, 
and he was raising small dollar contributions from people all over the country. Yeah. And one month he raised $100 million. That was unprecedented. And it was coming from everyday people sending in small checks. My first thought was, this is good for democracy because what it's doing is it's diluting the influence of the special interest groups, the PACs, and those Super people PACs. who do business around government, right? And dilutes the influence of these billionaires. <laughs> what it's done, however, is Trump has now become, and the Republicans have become, grassroots fundraisers. So they've got their group of small dollar donors. What that does is it divides the politics. You can't now compromise with the other side and keep your fundraising base of all those people who like that sort of extreme position or those hard positions that some of them take. And it, what it does is it discourages compromise, finding common ground, and it continues to polarize our country. That's why I think in my, you know, I don't really know the full answer, but I know that ain't working, the billionaires ain't working, uh, there's too much money in politics. The campaign seasons are way too long. The, the media makes all kinds of money on the TV ads. Everybody has a stake in this as citizens. I think everybody should sacrifice, including taxpayers. We should limit the amount of money that's spent. And these media people should, be able, should have to be able to do it for free and put some of these ads on. Um, but I don't expect that any of that will happen in the near so or short, it, that, short that term. Citizens United decision in 2010... Is there a chance that that's brought up again in, in the Supreme Court again these days? How does that work? Yeah, but it would probably be even more reaffirmed by the conservative court because they've taken the position that and under First Amendment, you have a right to give as much as you want. It's your money. So a lot of people will complain about George Soros, the, the things that he's doing and the negative ramifications. But isn't that tantamount to exactly what this is? It's like if you don't want George Soros buying elections then don't propose these Citizens United's amendments, right, or these bills. Right. Yes. So your question is what? I'm just saying, like, you're saying that if they did revisit the, yeah. the Citizens United ruling today with the conservative Supreme Court, they would probably will reaffirm the decision. Yeah. So it's so essentially wait. saying... Keep doing what you're doing, George Soros. I mean, let, cool let, just that. think about it this way. Somebody just commented right now, Andrew Huff and Gabe Tenbox, and he said, Adam, Mark Zuckerberg bought the 2020 elections for the Democrats and spent over $400 million on drop boxes. That's a lot of money to be used, yeah. and that's a lot of influence. By the way, look, look what happened. They lose $800 billion of valuation with Facebook. The guy loses $100 billion of his <laughs> net worth, and they're letting, they announced today, a day after elections, very appropriate, day after midterm election, they're laying off 11,000 employees yeah. today. Nobody thought it was going to be a number that big. But all, all of these things that are going on when you guys are going back and forth talking about this, I don't know if I'm comfortable with people putting that kind of money into it. And I don't really know what would happen if the money was out. You would actually need to do the work or shake hands, talk to people. Here's the one thing that was very interesting with issues yesterday. Do you remember when Romney was debating uh, Obama and he came off the first and second debate? I think he won both debates. Second debate was a better debate for him. And it was going into the third debate. And on the third debate, Romney went and started talking about salad and health and some weird stuff and didn't talk about Benghazi, didn't bring it up one single time. And all the pundits afterwards are like, what the hell are you doing? What are you talking about? I'm on a flight with Bill O'Reilly and Dennis Miller. I'm going to uh, uh, Vegas from L.A. to a party or a wedding or, or, or an event. Bill O'Reilly sitting right next to me, Southwest Airlines. Okay, I'm leaving Burbank. So it's an easy 40-minute flight. I said, Bill. What just happened with Romney? You know, he says, look, I'm doing my show right now when we're going there. Here's what took place. Okay. What took place during this time, Ricky, is while they were going there, he called Obama 
And he says, hey, his camp, he says, look, I want to get Obama on my show. And they're like, and then he called Romney. And Romney's like, no, we're good. We're going to win it. And he says, I called Obama's camp. And Obama's camp says, it's over. Our biggest fear was that Romney was going to bring up Benghazi, but he didn't. He played softball. He lost the election because his third debate was very big. And that's what gave Obama the victory, right? I don't know what would happen if some of these gamesmanship is out to see how who would rise up and win and the timing of issues and all this stuff. But today, crime. How many people saw issues talking about crime? I don't know how much they're talking about crime. And crime is a real thing. Can you pull up the statistics here with crime? Okay, so this, this if you look at this here, since 1990 till today. Tyler, can you explain to us this chart? Because I know there's a lot of them out there. Explain this chart to us. So this top, the, the line here is crimes uh, committed per 100,000 people. And then the bottom is the percentage annual change by year. So in 2020, there was a 29% spike up from five crimes per 100,000 people to six and a half crimes. And, and, and what's, what's interesting is in New York, in L.A., homelessness, you know, Portland, who was all about, you know, defunding the police, mm-hmm. is now all about, hey, we kind of need the police. All the people that were part of the defund the police camp are now coming back saying, we need cops. The African-American communities are like, listen, we definitely need cops. What are we doing? The families, the mothers are like, we definitely need more cops. New York, yesterday we showed the interview with Hochul on MSNBC. What was the host name, Adam, that... Uh, on MSNBC. The oh, lady. Stephanie Rule. Yeah, and she's like, look, oh, I can't, yeah. I'm, not feel, I'm not comfortable going out there in the streets. I'm not comfortable going out there talking to people. And when I'm talking to people from the left, the right, or the middle, no matter who we're talking to, everyone's a little bit concerned. Do you know one of my agents, John, says, Pat, I got to show you something I just ran into. I said, what is it? He says, let me show you this gun. So he takes this gun out. I said, what are you doing with a gun in my house? He takes the gun out to show it. I got it right here. He takes this gun out. He takes this gun out and shows it to me. I said, this is, what is this? What are you doing? He says, Pat, it's a non-lethal gun that you can buy for 500 bucks. And everybody needs to have it. He has it in his Lambo, okay? He says, I got this everywhere I go. It's illegal. Anybody can have it. You don't need a license. All you need to do is be over 18 years old. So I looked at it. I called one of my, I said, buy one of those for us. It comes in. Well, then eventually I said, no, I like this product. We got to reach out to them, Berna. And learn more about it. So we do. Then Berna from their headquarters sends a bunch of people to the Vitamin headquarters and they come in. This is the gun. Okay. It's got projectiles, which is like a ball. And they got different kind of projectiles. One of them, this one right here, the projectile is a pepper ball. If you hit somebody with this, it drops them and you can't see or breathe. You're having a hard time breathing and seeing for 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. So it stops it immediately because, you know, there's the other taser gun or whatever it is. This one you take out, you put these things in there. It's like an air gun. But 60 feet, you can shoot and drop somebody. You so can it's like pepper use, spray at 60 feet so I can drop a guy threatening is, my family? This is a pepper spray. It can drop anybody and they, they can't do anything wow. for 30 to 40. So you can run away. Or they have them where it's just a projectile and you just hit somebody. It hurts your drop, right? There's many clips of this burner gun. So whether you're pro Second Amendment or you're not, I believe everybody needs to own one of these things here. We called them. We brought them. And by the way, they have not paid us a single penny. This is the only sponsorship where I haven't taken money from them. Everybody else that comes, you got to, we reached out to them. We said, we believe in your product. And we said, we want you to give a discount to our audience if they want to buy one of these. If you're a salesperson, if you drive Uber, if you do Lyft, if you do Grubhub, if you're running late night, uh, uh, DEA is a customer of their law enforcement, ATF, 
100,000 Americans have bought one of their guns. They just launched this three years ago, by the way. It's one of the fastest growing companies in selling these types of guns. Their competitor, I think, is, uh, uh, what's the one I just called a minute ago, the Taser competitors that they have. You can buy one of these. No one's going to know what's going to happen with protesting, the, the rape with crime, all that stuff. And different. By the way, you can have this in California. You can have it in Illinois. You can have it in all that stuff. You can study the jurisdiction. And we have a link below for people that actually want to buy one of these for yourself, for your five. They even have it in a rifle that shoots 100 feet away. It's wow. a pretty sick product that they have. You're not going to get arrested. The risk nowadays, many people, when they have a gun for protection and they shoot somebody with it, is that if you do harm the other person and kill them, even if you. it was self-defense, you can still go to jail. Oh, still go to jail. But with this, you're protected and it's still safe. And the opposition, there's a video of this on YouTube that's got 20 million views where a guy breaks into the house, the owner of the house puts the gun out, points it at him, the other guy thinks it's a real gun, it's not a real gun, never shoots it, the guy goes away, it's projectiles. So my suggestion to you, I highly recommend you go buy one for you, for your spouse, or anybody in your family, especially if you're a business owner, have one of these for yourself. Put the link below, I think they're gonna get a discount when they go buy their product, the projectiles. Uh, uh, and that's a shout out to Burnout because we, I believe in this product. Go ahead. There's real life experience that I've, I've come across with Burnout. I do consulting work for a logistics company called CDL 1000, which incidentally, Inc. Magazine just said is one of the fastest growing companies in the country. And one of the truck drivers that they, that they work with was accosted by some thug criminal and had one of these Burnout guns. And <laughs> was able to extricate himself from what otherwise would have been of victimization by him. So this is really interesting. I just My question is, if you've been to prison and you have a felony, albeit as wrong as it was, can I still get one of those? Yeah, I, I think you want to talk to your lawyers yeah. and your state and <laughs> you being in better. Illinois. But I think again, it's not seen as a lethal weapon. It's yeah. a non-lethal gun with projectiles to protect yourself. Yeah. Look, uh, at the argument that... They- non-lethal. Wow. It's a non-lethal gun. And I got to give a shout out to Ricky because he agreed to let me shoot him with a burner. Did he really? To just... As a sample. With the chemical or so non-chemical? I appreciate that, Ricky. What a I mean, I didn't want to do it, I got some but he bo- said, no, I got this I got thing. some boots and get some ideas. <laughs> so there you have it. So there's yeah. a burner story right there. Anyways, very rarely do we reach out to guys, but we reached out to these guys. And if you, have, if you don't have one, go get yourself a burner gun. And that video on that website, you can see a bunch of us shooting it at the office, testing it out. Okay, uh, uh, next story. By the way, are you, are you thinking with what's going on right now with crime? Do you think, here's an interesting question for you. This is what I thought about yesterday. So you know how sometimes in sports a team wins and they win in a big way? Players make phone calls to say, hey, get me to go on that team because I want to win a championship next year. You know what I'm talking about. Like in sports, it happened. Hey, look, man, I want to go Milwaukee. Like Tucker keeps moving from team to team to win the championship. I'm going to go to Miami. I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go to Philadelphia. Very common with veterans. Very common. They'll take the veteran minimum and go to a team that they they think has a chance. By the way, what happened with the mayor of L.A.? Is it still a runoff or is it done? Who who won in L.A.? Did he lose? Democrat won. He lost. Democrat won. Democrat still won. So Caruso didn't win. Can you pull that up with Caruso? Did By the he, way, I went to law school with Caruso. He did, was in my graduating class. Really? Yeah. Was he a stud back then? Was, he was a total stud. He was way up on top. I never knew the guy because he was way up on high, and I was struggling there with C grades, so I never knew the guy. And uh, he went on to be a billionaire, and I went on to become well, a governor of Illinois. Talking? This shows him winning. Yeah. This shows him ahead. This is 10.45. Uh, Rick, yeah. Uh, 10, uh, this is 7.10 a.m. 
No, this is right now. Last updated, 10.46 a.m. So, oh, so it's, it's, seven, it's seven in, in L.A. Wait, yeah. is it over or is it done or no? No, 40, 45% 44% of the votes in. are in. Wow, he was, he was... Oh, 44% of votes are in. Okay, so yeah. we don't is know yet. Is he the Republican? Uh, he, he was a Republican. No. as a Republican. He he's changed. a wink-wink Republican, but running no, as a Democrat. No, he's a Democrat. He's, he's a, Democrat. a billionaire so real estate who's developer. Who's Karen Bass? She's, she's a, a congresswoman. Oh, God. So yeah. he's running as an independent? Or? As a, he changed his party, so he, he became a Democrat. Um, he's, uh, his father was like old bud, budget rent-a-car or something, so he was very wealthy in law school. Very wealthy. And then he took yeah. that to the next level, so kind of like Trump Democrats did. two Democrats are running? Democrat? Wing he's wing been wing? a lifelong Republican. Oh. He was a big donor to Republicans. But he decided to run for mayor. So is he the kind of guy that, that people believe can clean up L.A.? That's what they're hoping that this yeah. guy could do. But here's my question for you. After what happened last night with the way Florida won, okay, with what happened with New York, a lot of people were hoping for Hochul to lose, a lot of them. That race was a lot closer than anybody thought it was going to be, okay? To lose 47 to 52.5 or whatever in a state like Florida, in a state like New York, is insane. Do you think... That victory by Hochul, do you think the victory by Newsom, do you think the victory in these blue states that some of the people are hoping for change, do you think that's going to cause the second wave of people leaving? Or do you think that's going to do no damage, nothing, people will stay put? I think in California, I can tell you, Pat, that people were waiting to see if Newsom was going to win or not. To, to make him move, to, to some of the people move. to move. Yes. Okay. Because some people are like, well, they were moving too, uh, they were moving too early, and they're saying, well, what if he loses, then... We would move away from our families and where we grew up. So I can tell you, I know t- tons of people that were waiting for this election to determine if they were going to move from California or not. And now I, I, I already know what the decision is going to be. Tom. No, I, I think there, there's definitely a second wave. And there's a yeah. few people I've talked to that had next to zero hope in Newsom moving, but they were also looking at real estate prices, timing of selling a house and moving, but they were actively making plans and they're still making plans. And I think you're going to see yep. y- another wave going out of California. And look, you, you can see the layoffs are happening in Silicon Valley. I mean, there are a lot of layoffs that are happening there. And let me tell you, not all those people that work for those companies are, are true believers on the political <laughs> side of the spectrum. A lot of them quietly do their job as an engineer and everything, and you got to keep your mouth shut. Uh, because, as you pointed out, the young woman that said, hey, for so many years I was a Democrat and my few Republican friends kind of tolerated me and everything was good. The minute I said that I was voting Republican, suddenly my friends were very acerbic and and just all over me. And that happens inside these companies. And you see a lot of layoffs and a lot of people. I think it's a non-trivial second wave. And it's really, the first wave really hasn't stopped. If you look at the statistics year over year, I think the wave's going to crest higher. That's probably a way to put it. Do you agree? When I was governor of Illinois, Illinois was the fifth largest state in the nation. Today's the sixth largest state. I think the the uh, exodus from Illinois will continue. So I agree with both of these guys. Uh, I think it will continue, and it will continue to further divide our country into the divided states of America. <coughs> you think that's the direction it's going to happen? So you I think, do. So you think it's going to be a place where Democrats feel safe living in a place where it's pro-choice? Anything Republicans are going to go live in a state that's going to be pro-business, pro-freedom, pro-freedom freedom of speech? Yeah, I, I think it's less about the abortion issue on this particular case, more about the uh, business uh, opportunities, crime, first and foremost, crime, and uh, whether or not you see any political leadership that's willing to do the hard things to fight crime and slow it down and reduce it, and business uh, uh, climate. 
I, but, but the reason why I brought up pro-choice is because some women are leaving to a pro-choice state yeah. from a pro-life state. Some are actually moving yeah, to say, you know, I don't feel right comfortable. Actually, that's what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right, actually, come to think of it. Yeah. Um, I do think that's right. So, you know, if you look at this chart here, if you can pull it up, Eric, so the audience can see it, this, this kind of shows you uh, employee donations to midterms, uh, candidates by party. Okay, blue being Democrat, red being Republican. Look at Netflix. 99.6% of the donations was to the Democratic Party. Only 0.4% was to the Republican Party. Obviously, they're not biased at all. At Twitter, it was 98.7. At Airbnb, is 98%. Apple, 97.5. Stripe, 97. Lyft, 96. Google Alphabet, 96. Salesforce, 95. Facebook, 95. Tesla, 94. eBay, 93. PayPal, 92. Microsoft, 92. Amazon, 89. Uber, 81. Hewlett Packard 80, Intel 78. Look at Oracle Tom at the bottom with, you know, Larry Ellison. He's like, the look, man. Fourth or fifth richest man. <laughs> he was 66. on the billionaire list a minute ago. Yeah, we had on the donors. 66 percent here, 33.9. I think uh, uh, a big part of this, the reason why I'm showing this, is because if if you are trying to use social media and you're telling me there is no bias at the people that are working at some of these companies, it's a lie. And you got 99 percent that are only going one side. I, I feel bad for the 0.4% Republican that works at Netflix. Think about how they view that person. It's kind of like, look, uh, can we get like five Republican employees here just to kind of even things out so they don't say we're fully Democrat just so we can always use those three guys or five guys? But what do you think about when you see numbers like this, Tom? Uh, uh, well, I look at where most of these were headquartered. Um, Silicon Valley. And well, Microsoft up there in Washington, you know, the land of the Birkenstock. So I, I think you... You, you've got that, and you also have an emerging generation that's part of this. And I, I, I think there's a lot of leadership that thinks you have to be on the right side of history, because I don't believe these donations necessarily reflect the true playing field um, that's out there. I don't think it represents their customer sets. And it, you know, it's also very, very interesting. A lot of these companies, and there's a couple of them in there, they have policies about what you don't talk to your customer about. Mm -hmm. So we may be giving it this way, but when we talk to our customers, I know it's this way at salesforce.com, it's like our customers are going to be from both sides of the aisle. Our customers are going to have all kinds of viewpoints, and we can't bring our personal political views and offend our customers because if you look at the statistics, according to the election, it's what, 48.5% of the United States is on the other side. Mm -hmm. So not one of these folks is going to want to give up 48.5% of their customers. So how they are in their hearts and in their personal views is not how they necessarily behave in front of their customers. Although there's companies like Apple that are you know, definitely way out there and very open and progressive publicly. Adam, what do you think about when you see this? No, I think this is actually a very, very powerful stat right here because these companies, I mean, down the list, these are the companies running America, running the world for that matter, okay? And, you know, when you talk about cancel culture, um, here's a reason why. These are all the platforms, like when we sat down with Andrew Tate, not only did he get banned from Twitter and YouTube and Facebook, and Meta, and Instagram, and Discord. Then it happened to be PayPal, and Stripe. Next, it was Uber, and Lyft. And I kind of joked, do you think that all these Silicon Valley guys are on a text message together? Just kind of like how we're on a text message with buddies? And the answer is, yeah. Of course. They're kind of, there's a groupthink mentality. 
The problem is, these are the people running America, but this is not representative of what America is. Let's use an example of Jimmy Kimmel the other day. Like, Jimmy Kimmel has lost half his audience. Yep. Because he's completely done. And by the way, the same thing for uh, Colbert, to a lesser extent, Fallon. Um, what's the other guy? Seth Myers. Mm -hmm. They've doubled down on their hate for Trump. Not at Kimmel level, though. Kimmel? Colbert, Colbert and Kimmel, I think, are at the same level. I think Fallon is like, you know. A little less yeah, political. Has, but that's yes. my point. Yeah. Is that just because you have a certain ideology or a certain business model doesn't mean you should alienate the other half of America. Right, so I think it's a poor business model, but it is a, a, a telltale sign of why certain people get canceled, right, or why certain types of content gets a strike. Because look at the people running these companies. There's a very powerful message here. Well, you said it one time, Pat. Yeah. Remember when you talked about who was the most, the most five more pow most powerful? Was it the government, the president, social media, and business? I think universities, universities. Yeah, universities, you, you yeah. made you you, you, you talked yeah, about seven this. And, and mainstream media and mainstream Correct. media. And I think that this is showing a lot. Going back to that point when you talked about that. The By the way, can, can you pull up the, the concept of capitalism versus corporatism? Pull pull up the difference between capitalism versus corporatism. Just put difference between capitalism and corporatism, and then zoom in. Okay, if you, if you zoom in here, if you zoom in right there for the definition so we can see it, capitalism is an economic system that recognizes individual rights while corporatism is a political and economic system that seeks social justice and equality among individuals, right? So when you look at a, the, the model of how much money they're putting into the left or the right and you're seeing the amount of power that they have, you're seeing an example of corporatism here where the, the, here's Netflix that dictates what content your kids watch. They're putting 99.6% onto one side. Here's Facebook that's dictating how many people get your viewership. They're putting their money on one side. Not only that, you know, Zuck is another, you know, however much money he put into it. I think it's an interesting thing when you see that data. By the way, if there's another one of these companies that somebody from the right, like Elon Musk, can come out of nowhere and buy, who would that be? If there's a company that can be bought by somebody on the right at a discounted rate. At this point, it's Facebook. Are you kidding me? How much money they've lost over the last 12 months? Snap. You thinking Snap? You thinking he brings Snap think, in to do like a TikTok thing? No, I, if you're I talking about snap something is, uh, that's depressed, they're down 92%. Their stock price is down 92%, which means that they're, the ability to buy them, the price is down 92%. I don't know that it's a very good platform, but that's a social, that is a troubled, highly discounted social media platform that someone could pick up if they thought they could do better. Yeah, but to that a larger extent, hundreds of millions of users. What about these other platforms that have shown up? The Rumbles of the world, the Parlors of the world. Parlors, the, yeah. What is it, Tumblr? What are these Tumblr. other things? Uh, whether it's Truth Social, do these things have. A place in, in mainstream media. Not, not, not parlor, because it's tied to Kanye. That, that, that thing is done, done for now. That's okay. going to take a time out for a minute. I think Rumble, for sure, they're not going away. Now they're getting bigger and bigger. Uh, they had a chance to put Rumble out of business a few years ago. They didn't do it. It's backfiring on them, because Rumble is taking market share, mm -hmm. and they're raising money left and right, and they're picking people up. Hey, come and create content with us. Russell Brand is now making content on Rumble. You're getting all these names that are not moving and, to And they're Rumble. taking market share away from YouTube. From, of course, YouTube. From, gotcha. from a lot of different places, they're taking market share away. Alphabet. Yeah, Alphabet. And, and, and that's going to continue to happen. But I'm talking about who has the funds. That When you look at these numbers, I'm talking about these big boys. Okay, these companies, these numbers that uh, 
Netflix, Twitter. So Twitter's now Musk, Airbnb, Apple. And no one's going to buy Apple. Apple is a, at this point, it's a country of its own. Stripe, Lyft, Google, Salesforce, Facebook. You know, these are influential companies. You know, and who even has that kind of money to go buy some of these guys? It's going to be interesting because Twitter being bought by Elon Musk was probably one of the best things that happened. But will any of these other guys go for sale? I don't know. We're going to see what's going to happen here. Anyways, uh, fun podcast. We went through a lot of different topics. Adam and Ricky are still friends here. I will tell you this. If you're here with us and you're like us, just so you know, don't get it twisted. We're fully convinced the future looks bright. These hats are right now selling like hotcakes. We're on the side. It says future looks bright. And on the bottom of the lid, it says future looks bright with the Vitamin logo. You can buy these in white, black. <laughs> And just recently, what do you call these with the back that's like snap this back. tire? Snap, what do you call snap it? Snapback. The snapbacks just came because people asked for it. The white and black is now here. If you haven't yet ordered your Future Looks Bright hat, put the link below in chat and description and comment. But with that being said, I think we're doing podcasts again tomorrow. Dave Rubin yes. in the house. Oh, Dave I Rubin's think. in the house tomorrow. Oh, Dave okay. Rubin's coming. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, so I'll be here too. Dave yeah. Rubin will be on the podcast tomorrow. I think we're going to do it back at the other place. Uh, in the vault, but we'll be there tomorrow uh, together. Rod, appreciate you for coming out. Your insight is always, specifically at a time like this, you can give insight that many others can because of your experience. It was great having you on. Thank you. I got to give a shout out to the team that put this all together. I mean, Jorge, Eric, Can't wait for this to be live. Are you kidding me? Cannot wait for this to be live with 300 people sitting here screaming, hollering. Let's go. Team Adam. Adam, you're an idiot. I've heard it all before. We're looking forward to that. We'll do that once we cross (laughs) 500,000 subs. If you want to be part of the text distribution list, to get the update once we're selling tickets, because it's going to sell out like this, yeah. text, uh, text podcast to 310-340-1132. Once again, 310-340-1132. The word podcast, text it to 310-340-1132. For everybody that was with us, thanks for joining us. Have a great day, everybody. We'll Thank see you guys tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye, bye-bye. <laughs>